cold. What's up, man? Motherfuckers in the barbershop. Waviest podcast on the planet from the hood. We doing most good. It's your boy, Aus. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at 10stacks. Follow me uh, on Periscope, at 10stacks. You can follow me on Instagram, at Aus10stacks. Yep, I threw the Instagram out there. I'm in here with Lando and Be Nice. Yeah, you can follow me, uh, Zlando. You can follow me on um, Twitter at the Tackle Seventeen Eleven, and at the Motherfuckers in the Barbershop Podcast page. What's the deal? It's nice. You can follow me on Instagram at be nice two underscores, and on Twitter at two underscores be nice. Uh, we got an interview with Vino Beats, our boy Vince. He came through the studio, him and his man's Kino, and it was real dope, man. We're gonna bring that up a little later. Uh, we gotta talk about the NBA draft lottery. Talk about a couple things NBA playoff like. Um, and our movie review for the summer, we did, we reviewed Bull Durham, uh, it's on Netflix right now if you want to check it out, so that was cool, we'll talk about that, but first, shout outs and shaking my heads, I'm starting, shout out to basketball, basketball all around, Lando was scared to play, me and Dev, two on two, on the outside basketball court, so listen, there's an outside basketball court, the youngsters go out there, they play a little basketball, they, we don't know them the niggas. old neighbors don't like it, they're kids, they're I don't, I don't they're like kids. it, they're Let kids, me, oh, go ahead. make little kids, so we went out there, and we played them two on two, we beat them, Giles came over, why did y'all do that though, like, did they challenge y'all, we, or did y'all challenge them, we just went out, there. I was like, hey, y'all wanna play 21, we playing catch, and they was like, y'all hooping, I'm like, well, y'all wanna play 21, they're like, well, no, we just play two on two. That's how I got started. They wanted to bust y'all ass. They thought, we, they thought they could take us. Y'all they, look very takeable. I'm not going to lie. Shaking my head at Stephen Curry. He has ruined the NBA. He's ruined basketball. Outside basketball, them niggas was chucking. They wasn't, They was hoisting threes. From what i seen, them niggas wasn't the biggest niggas. Still. So I, still, why would I go to the I see them. They, they shoot from the sidewalk all day. Oh. They stand on the sidewalk and they shoot. All they can do is shoot they now. Shoot all they, but it's too low percentage. Like, they're not good enough to just be hoisted and up. I, th- I think the biggest problem with that is, is like, and people have talked about this, you know, in college basketball where they play, like, on naval ships and stuff like that and, and different arenas, larger scale. Like, if you take somebody, like, almost if you was playing the Kobo, the background scenery is too difficult for your eye to focus in on the rim. So shooting that far away outside is stupid. Because yeah. you can see houses and trees, and that's fucking with your visual of where you're supposed to be aiming at. I ain't gonna lie, it's it wasn't fucking with my visual. Because I was grown man. busting their ass. Uh, and yo, the shot we seen on, online was two feet away from the basket. That was a little light. That was a cut to the basket. Yeah. That's jacket. the only bucket we seen. No, yo, but I was gaming. You yeah. had, we didn't see that. Shout out to me. They said I was shooting like LeBron James out what there. What does that mean? They, that. Listen, little niggas have never seen LeBron James shoot. Listen, bro, mean. LeBron James is little niggas. Has Michael everybody Jordan. ever seen Le- said LeBron James the greatest shooter ever? No, nah, he could nah, shoot. They was like, they, man, they he was just like LeBron, and he was man, and I was making so crazy out there. They said my waves was. Booming. I mean, even even let's say <laughs> let's say if you go back to Lando generation, even if Lando would have told a nigga you shoot like Michael Jordan, that don't mean you the greatest shooter. Yeah, but that means sweet though. This, you in a discussion. Maybe they had LeBron James jumper ugly. They, they got, be like, damn, your jumper's not ugly. They have shoot like LeBron. Don't, also don't shoot like LeBron. <laughs> no, you shoot like LeBron. The one niggas was rude. Because if, like, if they had something to say, they would have said. Like, they said this one fat nigga's breath stunk. This one little nigga's like, I ain't trying to be rude, but your breath stink. I'm like, damn. So shaking my head a little niggas. Man, they, they said he wasn't trying to be rude. Nah, though. he was rude. That was rude. It's like, you can't. No offense, but then a cause offense. That's just rude. Oh, nigga, breath stink. You got to tell me. I heard these niggas lost to Giles. That's another First one. First, we beat Giles 7 zip. 
No, Justin. Then Lando, he wanted Lando to come out there. Lando was scared. I wasn't scared. It's illegal to play basketball in the middle wow. of the fucking street. Look at this That's man. They, Look what listen, happened to this nigga. Fuck them. They, they play basketball all the time, dribbling loud, oh. dis- uh, listen, interrupting the neighborhood, and we don't know them. To the and people, I don't like dealing with people, to the people that I don't know. I don't the like. Hold on, wait. I don't like playing with people I do not know in uh. their merchandise. I don't know them. I don't want nothing they to break, is. and they all. I stay away from these neighbors over here. I'm sick of these niggas. Get right. rid of these niggas. Lando is pointing his finger right now like an old lady. Yeah, grandma. Grandma. A lot of vigor. Basketball. He's, he's excited about this. Neighborhood basketball. Snitch. Sound like, yeah. sound like neighborhood. Fuck it. And next, time, and next time Austin out there, I will call the local authorities. Well, listen, let me tell you something. There's nothing more innocent than neighborhood basketball. Yeah. That's probably the bring purest. Car window, well, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You bump a car, car rock. I could be stealing your motherfucker. Exactly, car. I could be doing. They probably well, the busting your windows. They probably did bust out my window. Austin's out there playing with the fucking enemy. I ain't gonna Let's lie. Think no, no, no. I ain't gonna lie. All right, Loki, real talk. The yeah. dude across the street. I think he might be retarded. I don't know if you listen to the show. Shout out if you do. I hope you don't. Because you might be retarded. And I'm sorry. If you, I'm going to cut this, man. I'm going to just cut this because I don't even... I don't know. But real talk, that nigga... It was a point. Either he was... He for sure was blown. And them niggas was like, Hey, bro, you good? You good, bro? You good? He just standing there with his hands like this. Underneath the basket. He wasn't playing no defense. He was just out there for real. And then he blew a layup so crazily. Then me and Ashley kind of just laughed. So I'm like, damn, is this nigga good? And they're like, bro, you act like you've never been around a retarded nigga before. And it kind of just hit me like, oh, maybe this nigga is retarded. Possibly. He might be. I ain't cutting this because I'm pretty sure he don't listen. But it's like, that shit was crazy. Like, he, but you see him every day. I know you see him. He had a jacket on that was way too small. Could be. But Giles beat Giles. Lando was scared to go out there. He was scared. I heard you had a big fuss. You act like a grandma. You act like you was raised in the suburbs. You don't even appreciate neighborhood basketball. No, I definitely appreciate it. My, my court, you know where my court's at. And don't nobody, none of y'all niggas want to play me out there. Man, y'all care. know the deal. I don't care. I don't know how to beat. I don't know First and foremost, when we go to gyms, you be hacking. I don't be hacking. I never, I beat you. Every 21 game we play, every, I beat every you. Every time we went to, to the Coliseum, what somebody get hurt. Nothing. Oh, you think I hurt your messed up my ankle. Gaz messed up his knee. You didn't mess up. Gaz wasn't even there. Before. No, Gaz wasn't there. I'll be him there too. Yeah, I'm just beating Gaz ass <laughs> every every fucking year. I forgot I beat him there. One day, Lando was playing so hard and Austin had rocked him, and then you damn near tackle Austin into the wall. I don't remember. Yeah, that. I can't remember. <laughs> the costume. I was drove by the costume the other day. That shit just too small. Actually, you can't really get a full good yeah, basketball. When you hack it like Lando. Uh, definitely not. Be nice to never beat me in there. Be nice to never beat me in basketball. And like I said, why with the knowledge that you be hacking, would I want to go to an outside court with you? What hacking? I, got like, who, I don't have to listen. I don't I have to follow you. You are listen. I don't have to follow you. You are slow. You can't shoot. You can't dribble. Don't nobody got to follow you. No, you can't shoot. All right, so I'm just fucking shot. You are trash. Now we're talking about shooting. Now I'm still going with my shot to basketball because MGM Grand Detroit. They have a top golf section. In the top golf section, there's never ending free basketball. It ends at ten o'clock on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Friday and Saturday is open till twelve. Went up there with some young lady who's already working there, just working on her jump shot. I'm like, damn, get out the way. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? And um I record- She was cute though. She was cute. But I recorded the scores. What we did was had a top round. Everybody went. We took the best five. After we took best five, we took top three. Then they had a face off. The win the last two. 
So my first score was 105. Dev got 103. Uh, be nice at 105. I could have had a lot more though. If I'd have knew the rules, Lando, I'd have had a lot it's more. Right. Slappy yeah. had 111. Y'all lost to Slappy. Listen, no, we, let's, we, I just explained the rules to you. So this is just the first round. Ashley had 102. Will Phillips got the 75. Jordan Phillips, who came over here and did the Game of Thrones with us, had 38. So he stunk it up. He, he had shoot. on a big coat and a velvet. He had a big right. coat when he came over here. Yeah, so next, so then the next round, I kept it the same, 105. Uh, Devin turned it up. He got to 128. So how I'm reading it is the order. Be nice went after Devin after witnessing 128. Be I nice. It. Be nice. Put up 48. You points. are trash, bro. <laughs> Everything you do, you trash. Stop it. playing basketball. It, man. Just like garbage, the, man. The pressure got to be done on the, on the 128 that did garbage, put up. Bro. It took him down. Slappy got to 115. Uh, Ashley. She folded 98. She got the 98. She oh, couldn't even trash. couldn't keep up. So then it was top three. I got the 108. Dev got the 118. And Slappy got 110. Hey, look. Dev won. Dev, it, this is not the thing, Orlando. He was just hot. Because even after that, it was just him playing around. He got the 1,000. Slappy got the, like, look. He got up. Once you pass 50, you're in a bonus. Right. He got up to 76. He was in the bonus. He seen his shots. He missed, like, his first three. He just conceded. Let me tell you something, Dev. You hooping on the bullshit ass room. Dave and Buster's, they got the real one where you can shoot for real. You are trash. You playing against trash niggas like Be Nice. You playing against trash niggas like Slappy. Trash girls like Ashley. Trash like Jordan. Let me tell you something. I'm none of them. I'm going to beat you. I saw you shoot too outside too. You, you trash, bro. You should have stuck to playing cornerback, man. You playing the long sport. I will come to MGM. I will come to Dave and Buster's. Bell Creek. Any court you want and bust. Devin's ass. Lando, I know this too, man. I got a disability. I got no arches. Yeah, be feet, nice. So I, can't, be... I can't stand up. Yeah. So it's hard for me to get the ball. I was hitting the back of the rim on the second one. Yeah, he was in that back backboard. No, no, not back the iron. backboard. I, I was when I was making them. It was on that. Oh, but then God. the second time, I was so flat footed. My wrist kind, my arm tightened up a little bit, man. I don't have no arch, so I can't stand up. Couldn't get over the rim, man. man. I kept hitting the back of the rim, the back straight, iron. Man. So it was like I just got, I got tight, man. He wasn't utilizing the bullpen either. The second rim to the right, it don't take the ball. They had a warm ups. Yeah. They was getting warm ups. Yeah. I ain't he doing that. He should have utilized shit. the. Yeah. So we got a bullpen. They was getting loose over there on the right. Man. I wasn't doing loose. that, bro. I came in high. I had a one on five. Like I said, I stopped for seven seconds, and I still got to one on five. Just imagine what I could have gotten them seven seconds. You probably would have missed them all. I ain't no guarantees. I ain't um, so yeah, man. Shout out to, it's been a real good basketball week, dog. The NBA playoffs going on. Just shout out to basketball in general. Shout out to basketball. All right, Lana, you can go ahead. Little something. Man. Oh, okay. Well, fuck it. Um, shout out to the uh, Wu Tang documentary. Uh, watch that on uh, Showtime. Oh, it, it dropped. It's um, like I said, it, it dropped Friday, but they already had it on, on demand. Um, like I said, great story. Uh, a lot of stuff I didn't know. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm glad that they, everything they've been through, they still friends, cool, and able all to get together and do a uh, interview. So I think that that's interesting. A lot of people in our age group probably don't have no interest in that. Not to just be, you know, pushy. Or I'm going to watch it, but I just... Wu-Tang doesn't have the same, like, push with my group. But you I'm know what? I've been watching, I'm just like, I don't even care but about You know people. what's crazy? The thing... Like, cause Wu Tang was was big, cause I used to watch MTV a lot, yeah, yeah, and Wu Tang like crossed over commercially, like definitely to like the white audience, the Asian for sure. Audience. And they, and they they were visible. They were yeah. were open to being on like those MTV shows, yeah, right? Because they had big personality, big personality. But what stopped them from like being like on like hip hop stations? Ghostface Killer said, "Fuck Hot Nine Seven at the Hot Nine Seven Summer Jam," okay. and they got blackballed from like 
like said from like hip hop mainstream like radio. So a lot of their hits and shit that they had just used to go straight to MTV and yeah. shit like that. So they really didn't get the airplay, and that fucked up a lot of the money. But as a global brand, man, they they probably one of the biggest in hip hop history. For sure. Like like I said, you know, for anybody that's been a long standing listener and has ever you know taken any of my music points, I grew up. Around my father was like he did personal security for people back in the day. He worked with like DJ Quick and Second to None. A lot of the West Coast artists. His favorite artist was Tupac. So that was stuff that I predominantly heard. Was stuff that was kind of based around Death Row. My mother's not really like a a music person. Like she kind of just listened to us on the radio. So I didn't have the upbringing where it was like, oh yeah, I heard Wu Tang or you know, like when I was a kid, obviously every kid fucking like, ooh baby, I like, you know what I'm saying? Like ODB had a big following because he was silly. Yeah. And then Method Man had a lot of hits. So I think individually. All of them kind of branched off. And I know, like, my father is really, really big into, like, soundtracks. And RZA has always been dope as fuck on soundtracks. Oh, yeah. So that was somebody that I just remember him listening to RZA instrumentals. More so, like I said, you know, not necessarily listening to Wu-Tang as a collective. But individually, I feel like they all got their props. But as a group, like I said, I don't think they resonate with my time as much. But I, I still go check it out just because I think shit like that is dope. And I, I do think that even piggybacking off of what you were saying, I think confusion with with inside of the group also kind of probably cause some conflicts too. Yeah, it's too many it's too many too, too many, many hands. There's way too many hands. And it's like, you know, for people that's from Detroit, it's like Bala, you know what I'm saying? A team East side. It's a bunch of niggas that's associated with Wu Tang clan that's not even in the group. Like I remember fucking Shaheen, the baby rapper that was in the movies and shit. So it's like twelve other niggas that just was their friend. That they was trying to put on so it's a lot of miles to feed and just a lot of personalities to where unfortunately when you have posses or groups that big it's going to be some type of turmoil because some people are going to be closer to other people. Yeah, and eventually you're going to see subgroups and then people that's kind of taking each other's side or, you know, you have some conflict where it should just be between one person. But like I said, there's going to be people that kind of group up with inside of that. One thing RZA did, though, he let everybody go. Yeah. Everybody, except for ODB, because he, like I say, he was probably the most popular at that time and shit like that and he had plans for him. But he let everybody walk out of his contract, which was bad business for him. Yeah. But like you said, that, that, that's probably what kept their friendship. And like, all these I years. feel like with, with RZA, he always... To me, and like I said, my father was a big fan of him because his soundtrack, he did like the Blaze soundtracks. And he like, like, uh, he do, they, you know, obviously, arts yeah, obviously, like obviously they into uh, Kung Fu and shit for yeah. the name, but he's been in like the, uh, I can't Iron think, yeah, Iron Fist, like he was in, the, in those movies and Iron shit. Hand, yeah, but it's, it's, for me, I feel like he always respected the art of the shit. And it was like, you know what I'm saying? If I can't get it done for what you want to do, branch off. You know, I respect you enough to, to let you do what you're going to do. And I think that was, like you said, beneficial for them because as, Dope of a collective as they were together, I think their uniqueness also was able to shine a lot better with them just being on their own. Because you listen to Method Man and then you listen to ODB and they don't sound nothing alike. Or even RZA, they don't sound nothing alike. And then you look at what, like, I guess you could say was the street style of, like, Rayquan and Ghostface. It's like, this shit don't sound nothing like them other niggas. To where they was all able to kind of, I guess at one point you could say dominate their own lane. To where I remember Ghostface being huge when I was a little kid. Like, in early 2000s and, like, from 2000, 2005, Ghostface was huge. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was, all them niggas was on the Def Jam fight games and shit. And, like I said, he had a bunch of smash hits. He had to get back like that with Neo, I think. Yeah. And he had a couple smash hits. And then everybody knows about, like, the Purple Tape and Raekwon, the shit he was doing in the late 90s. And then, like I said, ODB had the crossover lane and Method Man, too. He got Red Man. And then even RZA, I don't like to exclude people, but obviously, like, Inspector Deck and Jizz and shit like that, they didn't have the same prominence within their own careers, but... They were well-respected in the era. Like I said, just going solo individual was huge for them. So I think it propelled them and kind of kept them just as relevant as they are now. But yeah. that type of shit is like folklore. It's like some shit where they got like 
like a weird ass following, damn that cult like. Yeah, it definitely got a got a cult following. Um, uh, shout out to the shot man. It was a good, good episode. Um, shout out to boxing man. We got Deontay Wilder fighting this weekend. You shouting that out? Yeah, I'm shouting it out, man. I, I ain't gonna lie, it kind of weirded me out, bro. That niggas talking about killing a nigga. Listen, the toys boy you kill a man. It's all good. Nah, but this this at they first I thought good. he was selling it. But then it's like a smirk he get that nigga when he when no. he say he like you know and why wouldn't I use my right and then he smirk at them I'm like, wow this nigga serious no he, he don't <laughs> he, he don't like Dominic Brazil them two don't like each other they got to it a few years ago at one of Wilder fights like really really bad and shit so it's bad blood there it's definitely bad bad but I I honestly don't think he mean it but he definitely don't like him I think that he like I said he is is in his own right a, a salesman yeah. Which is it's 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 odd because of his character, how he talks, and you know you think is him like, and this is not to put him in any bad like he he speaks almost as if he's dumbfounded, like you know like he kind of you know boyish or like he he beating around the bush with what he's saying, but then in all actuality he actually be saying a lot of deep stuff, but it's just sometimes the manner in which it comes out don't seem like somebody really know what they're talking about because it just seemed like he got to keep elaborating so much because people act like they don't understand what the fuck he's saying, but. Like I said, with him, it always seemed like he was he, he, he got the art of selling. You know what I'm saying? He gets that prominent in boxing that you got to do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To make money and shit. But like I said, with this, I also think that he's a very prideful person. And he got a weird stance of pride to where I think he might actually be somebody to death, to be quite honest with you. I, I mean, it, hopefully it don't get don't get to that point. Yeah, for sure. Like we don't said, want that. But I, I just think that. that you come across like a Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson has seen so many traumatizing things in his life to where his identity mentally was distraught and kind of broken to where it was like he might beat a nigga to death and he like bit somebody's ears off and I, I can kind of see some of those similar traits in Deontay Wilder it's just not as wild but I do think Deontay Wilder has like a different sense of pride to where he feel like he's been fighting for some shit for so long like you're not taking this from me yeah I mean he definitely feel like he underappreciated and like you say him and Dominic Brazil they got bad blood um, I think it's going to be an entertaining fight I do think Wilder's going to gonna knock him out and um, like I said I, I can't wait for that a swift uh J Rock beat Swift hard last week, so he, he's like a unified champion, one fifty four. So shout out to that. Um, real what is what is what is that in unifies that that uh... W? He got two belts. He got WBC and WBA. Okay, yeah, so that's one fifty four. Um, real quick, I, I guess. Oh, well, before we go on, piggybacking, yeah. I seen you jump in the conversation between the Gomez brothers. Yeah. How did you feel about? Because we on boxing right now. Okay, how did you feel about that? I I kind of lean towards the older Gomez. Brother, so before we, we just jump into that, right? Levante Gomez, the younger brother, right, Levante, right. who's been on the show as you all know, yeah, he came out and said that he thought that Floyd was the pound for pound best fighter and should be more respected. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, more respected than Ali was, and he didn't think Ali could fuck with him basically. And then Tito, of course, came through the older brother with a little bit, seemed like more knowledge of, of what he was talking about. He brought out. Good points about you know the competition that the Ali had to fight. Obviously, it being the best best era for that timeline, and that the heavyweights have to go through more stuff. And possibly one of the better points that I think Lando and also Tito made is that Floyd did not fight for the, in the best era for his weight class. Right. Yeah, and and, that, and that's the point I was trying to make. Like, and shout out to I know Maverick and LeBron because they produced the Ali uh, documentary, and I you know watched both of them. Ali in his prime did not lose. Of course. Didn't lose, was was just as fast as Floyd, and he was a heavyweight, knocking guys out, a showman, knew how to sell. Now, once he um, did his stance against the Vietnam War, he got suspended, and they took three years away from him. Three years. Even after the three years, he came back, he took the loss, he just beat everybody after that. He, like I said, beat Joe Frazier again, 
beat George Foreman, beat Spinks after Spinks beat him. He just had a legendary run. He was doing this at 35, 36, 37 also, years old. you know, we know he was Muslim, so he didn't eat yeah. pork and stuff like that. But the health is way different than it is now. Like, the things that they were able to do is way different now. Like, Floyd, he, he talks about eating crazy. But even that, that if you believe what Floyd says, even that one month to month and a half that he lock in, his health standards is way crazier than anything Ali could have been doing. No, it, it definitely. And then, like, I just feel that Ali... He fought. He fought one time, twelve times in one year. Yeah, it's like, come on, bro. Like Floyd's What's at his max peak, three. At his peak, he was fighting once or twice when he finally finally got to the money. Yeah. I'm not saying. Like, and Floyd is like, what about favorite fight? He definitely the best fighter of this generation. But I definitely put Ali over him for what he stood for, and definitely him winning, regaining the world heavyweight championship three times, and doing it at age like 37, 38. So. Piggybacking off of that in, in, in sub-conversation, there was names, you know, like Tommy Hearns yeah. and uh, some of the other great welterweights and, and middleweight fighters of, of the 80s. Do you think that Floyd would have survived in there? I think he would have lost to Tommy Hearns because Tommy Hearns threw too many punches and was six foot one. And I just think I think him and Sugar Ray would have been a good fight. But Sugar Ray beat Floyd Father. And Floyd Father had the same defense, the same counter, and Sugar Ray just threw punches through it. I think Floyd ranks, probably would rank number two. Him and Sugar Ray would... B one A one B two. I think Tommy Hearns would have beat him just because of the like styles make fights. For sure, Hagler. I think Floyd would have had a good chance with him. And I think uh, Robert Duran. Um, I think Floyd would have been able, but I think Sugar Ray and Tommy Hearns. That just would have been that would have been hard for Floyd to break. Okay, so so given that you have kind of you know donned that as the greatest era for that that weight class, you still give Floyd his credit. You still yeah, think he's the top of the class. Yeah, absolutely, like there's no way you can you can't take. Look how good Canelo is now. Yeah. And Floyd just dominated him. Like, dominated, like he dominated his era. Like, people can say what they want about Ricky. Ricky Adams was so, an undefeated so, big exactly. fighter until he, he stopped him and knocked him out. What would you say has been Floyd's run then? What, what would you say has been his era of dominance to where you could say, for sure, that he has been the pound-for-pound pound fighter, I best think fighter, fighter to, for this era? To me, once he beat Zab Judah, so which is somebody he did. 2006 Yeah, it's like 2006. 2000, I think, yeah, 2006. Once he beat Zab Judah until he fought Conor McGregor, that was it. So and so you think about Cotto, Marquez he beat, um, Canelo, Shane Mosley, um, Robert Guerrero. So that's like, you think he has 12 years of, of dominance. Yeah, 12 years of dominance. And even before that, like, it was other guys. Like, he wasn't getting the type of fame because, you know, you had Oscar De La Hoya was like the, yeah, the golden boy. And, and Roy Jones. Jr. Roy yeah. Jones, who had. And that's what Roy Jones is actually, to me, Probably one two. That's my favorite greatest, favorite greatest boxer. Yeah, that's my favorite boxer. Because he had one of the best eras. He's just knocking guys out. Sure. But yeah, Floyd, like I said, dominated from the Zab Judah fight. That's so the era of boxing that I grew up in, and I remember you know not really knowing as much, but I remember guys like Lennox Lewis and you know yeah. Evander Holyfield and those heavyweights that were prominent back then. And then, like I said, you pointed out the Oscar De La Hoya, and then uh, damn, I can't think of the guy's name, but he died a couple years ago. Um, started it started with an A. Arturo Gatti. Uh, Arturo Gatti, yeah. So, you know, those type of fighters. And like I said, Roy Jones Jr. was big for me. And the battles that, like, Zab Judah and the, and the Winky Wrights and the, the B-Hops, that, that era of boxing was, was big time. Yeah. And we had fight night, obviously. But then I will say, undisputedly, and I don't know if that's because of his just dominance or the lack of other great fighters in this past, like you said, 12 years, 12 to 13 years, I don't – the sport of boxing has been Floyd's. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I don't know if that's because of sportsmanship or just the lack of. I think it's both. Like once you once he beat Oscar De La Hoya, he became the money guy and he became number one target. And he took on everybody, didn't make excuses, fought them all, and, and he beat them all. He did it a different style than Roy Jones, but he definitely did his thing. And um, 
I think my shaking my head, we can just go into the John Beeline shit. So that's nice. my we'll head. talk about that a little later. Okay. Then I'll let you do your shaking uh, shit. I start off with a shake in my head. I'm gonna shake my head at uh Michael Rappaport. He was talking about Maverick Carter, like being a guest speaker at a college or something like that, and it was like a you know, you guys got the guest speakers, uh LeBron's boy or some shit like that. And it's like I just Michael Rappaport is one of those people that got accepted. You know, as far as inside of the black, the black and urban, urban culture, because he did work with John Singleton. And obviously, he played a fucked up role in, in yeah. how he learned it, but he did work with John Singleton, and he he had those connections with the earlier rappers in the '90s and shit like that. And he, he kind of stuck around. He loves basketball. Uh, I don't know if he's as big in, in football, yeah, but basketball weird. and football are like you know not to be racist. Those are the black sports. Right. We could dominate any sport we wanted to, but those are predominantly the sports that black people tend to care about, tend to play. You know, so. He's been a part of what we would call the urban culture for a long time, been around it, associated with it. But it just seemed like the last few years, he just got way too outspoken. Like, you know, he's a part of the big three. Uh, he tried to do a documentary on um, Cameron and Dipset. They obviously didn't allow He did some other urban documentaries. But like I said, he just seemed like he's too vocal right now. I don't really think that's his place. And like somebody pointed out, like, he had, like, a lot of funding behind his father. And, you know, people that supported his career early on. It's like, maybe you wouldn't have been shit without them. So for you to speak about somebody who you can say, I guess, got a handout from Brown or got a leg up from Brown, Maverick Carter didn't make his own name. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's tons of motherfuckers. Like, you look at the basketball niggas that was on St. Vincent St. Mary for real to play basketball. Because if you watch the documentary, Rich Paul ain't in that fucking documentary. No. Maverick Carter ain't in that documentary. No. And fucking, they, were, they were older too, right? Yeah, well, Rich Paul is younger, yeah, I think, yeah, and then Maverick Carter's older. Carter's older yeah. But it's like, them niggas ain't in that documentary. No. And these are the people that I know. I don't know what the fuck Romeo Travis is doing. He's I don't still know playing what, overseas. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I don't know. Drew, Drew Joyce is, is overseas somewhere. The, uh, the other guy, I think, was trying to do music or some shit like that. But it's like, they're not in the same level of prominence. And I'm sure Brian gave him every opportunity. These are his friends. I, I'm sure he can't, he extended every opportunity he possibly could to them. But if you look at it, obviously he said Maverick had a business poise. Rich had a business poise. These are people that made something for the, from themselves that Brian saw. All right. Like I said, Rich was a hustler. That was somebody I went to go get my jerseys from, went to go get my shoes from. It was like a little brother to me. He knew the game, and obviously he just manipulated that into another form of the game, but it's still a game. You got to know what you know, and like I said, for Michael Rappaport to be talking shit about somebody, I was like, this ain't even your lane, bro. I just think he's jealous. I think it's like the NBA is like, don't like what Maverick and Rich doing, because they're taking over the league. No, for they sure. They already like, kind of took People over. People don't like, fuck with it, and I think it's not even just so. them, it's LeBron. People, yeah. like I said, and I've always told people this, in my opinion, Kobe Bryant got robbed of a couple of, of MVPs because he had the rape case, and not taking anything away from LeBron, his greatest achievement has always been his golden boy, golden boy image. Like old people will tell you right now, or just black people in general, how proud they are LeBron James. You ain't never heard of him in no scandal, ever, ever. And for the longest, that was the running point of why the NBA was cool with whatever LeBron did. Because like you are, you know what I'm saying? Not to be racist or demeaning towards our people. It's hard to find a global star like that that you ain't going to find nothing on. Nothing, you know what I'm saying? Not a weed case, not no paternity shit, nothing. He ain't never had no bad limelight except for somebody saying that they had sex with his mama. He's like, I can't control that shit, you know what I'm saying? And he ain't even come out wilding about it. He's, he was classy about this shit. So it's like, for stuff like that, the NBA allowed him to do whatever he wanted. You know what I'm saying? They allowed him to be the golden boy because they needed him to be. But now you don't got that. You know what I'm saying? You got the Steph Curry's. You got all these other people who have that same kind of similar image and are as popular to some degree. Are, are as, I'm, 
however you feel on the point, are skilled to some degree. And now it's like you starting to become too dominant as in LeBron. And not even becoming too dominant, wanting to still be too dominant. Where they see him on the back burner. It's like you're not I don't need you to be the guy no more. So for you to try to control organizations, for you to try to, you know what I'm saying, you manipulating things with the Rich Paul being Anthony Davis, uh agent, all of these type of things, they feel like you got too much control. And I think they want to fall back from that. And I do see some some negative feedback from certain people inside of the hierarchy of the NBA. Some people don't like it. I remember Alvin Gentry clearly said, I don't, I don't want Anthony Davis signed away. That's that good old boys club, man. They yeah. don't like change. They don't like to see black people organized or making moves. Sure. They, they feel threatened by it. And hopefully LeBron will keep keep doing it. Fuck 100%. I think outside of that, though, I just want to, like I said, Austin kind of chimed in on it. Just shout out to basketball. It's a good point. Good place. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people, people thought LeBron being on the playoffs would go fuck the league up. It didn't. There's some competitive games. I mean, outside of like whoever it's Milwaukee. Outside of Milwaukee, fucking whoever they play, all their series been boring. You know what I'm saying? But everything else has been, to some degree, competitive. I mean, we saw them Thunder niggas choke, and that was Lando boys. Granted, you know, they tried to come out. Paul, Paul George couldn't lift his shoulder up type shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying working out. Now he got the, got the shoulder surgery and Russell Westbrook getting surgery. I see niggas shout that out. Are you shouting shit like that out? You shouting out? You shouldn't have played. You shouldn't have played. You, you shouting ass. Out Looking terrible. You look terrible. He cost niggas money. I never shout no shit like yeah, that. That shit was crazy to me. But you know, basketball. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I've seen some good, shout, some good series. Shout to Steph. He out here balling right now. No, so KD. Yeah, I guess that KD. Shake my head at the lies around Kevin Durant, bro. Yeah. Niggas have to act like, bro. He reached. You don't reach that far when you reach for your calf. <laughs> the nigga tall as hell. You read me on cap. That's like upper knee, little. I mean, lower knee type. That nigga reached down. He ain't lying, bro. That, that ain't nigga's lying, lying dog. They, I mean, he hurt. If he hurt, he hurt. But, uh... All right, let's talk about the draft lottery, y'all. There's a lot of shit going on. First off, shout out to the... Phil- the New Orleans. New Orleans at Philadelphia Pelicans. The yeah. New Orleans Pelicans for... He used to be Philadelphia Warriors. David Griffin. Shout out to David Griffin for... Wearing the lucky tie, every well he had like four of the last five number one picks or some shit like that. If he around, he always get like the first couple. I mean, picks. they was giving that that credit to Nick Gilbert though. Yeah, because he was the nigga going. But you know, nah, and on the same on the standpoint, when it turned out that you got it on your own too, it's like maybe it was you. Oh okay. shit! It's out to Seth Curry. But uh, do y'all think? Well, right, so what do y'all think about this whole situation? If y'all was Zion, would y'all sit out of here instead no, of going to New Orleans? No. Uh, What's wrong with you going to the NBA? You the number one pick. It's no maybe that shit gonna be fucking. Who knows next year? Nah, I mean, I think New Orleans can. I think they could be okay. I think if they do trade Anthony Davis and they get that number three pick, oh, I mean, they can get Morant and you team up Zion and Morant. Man, that's very entertaining right. backcourt. That very entertaining. has already said, or at least that's what the report is, is that they have no. Choice or no option of letting Moran slip past them at two. Oh, see, I didn't know that. So well, yeah, it I mean, would be JJ, or no RJ Barrett, RJ Barrett, or yeah, pair yeah. him up with a teammate that kind of held him back and kind of. I don't know about that. Nah, I think that that'll be a, definitely a good bright young future. Like I said, I like Holiday. If they can get another, Holiday should be base. moved. So we we'll see what can happen. But no, nah, I'm glad they got the pick, man. I mean, you need to have some balance in the NBA, man. It can't just be shifted to one team or another team. Like we hear in New York. Trying to do so, I'm cool with it. I don't really the Pelicans. I think that I feel like the Pelicans weak. It's it don't really matter. Like you got David Griffin who was showing that he oh, damn Jake Lehman just hit a big ass three. Yeah. Uh, he's shown he's shown that he can kind of put some talent together. Obviously, at LeBron James who 
at the time was was pulling people in. Right now, it's kind of more difficult for him to get a group of players around him. But you start to see that, that David Griffin had some kind of chops just putting teams together. And, you know, obviously shit went to hell after he left because that's when the real booty squads got there. I mean, they already knew, like, look, come on now. Don't do this. <laughs> don't don't let him go. And they let him go. And yeah. now they got... The I mean, but he saw the writing on the wall because the reason why he left was because he couldn't trade Kyrie for Jimmy Butler. Or yeah. was it Paul George? It One of those two. Him, so yeah. he saw the writing on the wall and was like, hey, look, this is what we need. We need to get ahead of this shit. Oh, shit. Seth is going crazy. And he tried to. He just mic'd up. Wardell, man. Wardell got 35 right now. The shit didn't work. And um, like I said, even even piggybacking off Lando, you got a potential situation where you compare two lottery picks, two people. A year ago, R.J. Barrett was the presumed number one player. So you got two people that's potentially number one. And I, I spoke about that previously when we talked about the NCAA. I think all three of them niggas, talent-wise, could be the best player in this draft. You know what I'm saying? You mix in a John Morant, maybe a couple other bowl bowlers really, really poised potential-wise. He looked like he could be something. You never really know. But, um... You pair him with RJ or whoever. You know what I'm saying? If you got somebody else that they sneakily think is the guy, you go after that person. You trade Drew Holiday for more pieces. And you could build something. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no talent else on the team for real. Like, all the mother niggas probably booty. But you got Zion Williams. If you think he's the guy, fuck it. You we'll can pick, build around we'll him. pick the next guy? Six? Three. So Three? that's what Lando is predicting. Yeah, he goes they, to New York. Yeah, they, Which I also think true. makes a lot of sense because, you know, they've kind of talked about – David Griffin has talked about he's not trading – Anthony Davis to the Lakers, maybe he got. I thought it was a done deal. I thought he still was cool with Brian. Now I seem like he might got some beef with Brian, or just fuck Brian. Maybe just fuck the Lakers. Maybe don't fuck with them niggas. But he don't want no parts of that. And I can see on the flip side of not wanting to be obvious that the league is helping the Knicks. Maybe that is why the Pelicans got the number one picks. So Anthony Davis should just go there. You know what I'm saying? Go to New York, and then that would jumpstart both markets. Because like people say, if LeBron was healthy, the Lakers would have went to the playoffs. You know, I'm not gonna lie about that shit. They would have. But that would jumpstart the league and have both superstar and, and great franchises in a good position. I can't remember the last time that the Lakers, Knicks, and fucking Boston Celtics was all good. You know, that was what barely. Maybe you can say our early childhood in the probably the mid mid two thousand, like when Lakers won championship. The Knicks, were, I mean, Melo the Knicks went to the playoffs. Melo had just got there in two thousand nine or yeah, two thousand ten. That's the year that the Lakers won. Yeah, so it was. It was. It was. But that was for what two years maybe? Because yeah. the Celtics went right back to shit. Yeah. So it, it hasn't been a long stretch like that in a long time since the eighties when you know obviously all three franchises won a championship. The Sixers in eighty three, I think the Lakers won three or four, and the Celtics won three or four. So it hasn't, it's been a long time since all three franchises were good in it. I guess you know you throw in. Or, my bad, I mentioned the Sixers, but that was the other team that I was going to mention. I was going to say throwing the Sixers is one of the hierarchies of earlier teams that had a lot of success for the NBA. But the Knicks, it's been a long time since they won a championship, obviously. But they were competitive in the 90s. So, who, who do y'all think going to be in the top five lottery picks? Lotters. Well, definitely Zion won. I think, like I said, Morant, I guess he's going to. RJ, three. Um, I'm hearing a lot about the Virginia guy. DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter. So, he's probably going to be... Four or five. Um, you think that's uh, it could be Cam Reddish? I mean, it could be any combination of players. Um, I think that that's kind of spot on. I would say that Zion and Morant clearly right now are locks. I would I would bank on RJ Barrett being three, and then like Lando said, the only thing is is that you don't really know what the fuck the Lakers need, and if they don't have to trade, they pick what other moves they might possibly make. Like, they might trade Lonzo, so they might draft a point guard. 
and Darius Garland is there, you know, they might think they need DeAndre Hunter, who's poised as like a Kawhi Love, Kawhi Leonard kind of player who plays defense but also has some type of offense. So you don't know. And then Jared Culver is there, who's kind of similar in that that stance. They don't know who they might want to trade for a, a more poised veteran. So you don't know what you, you want to replace. And then also, like I said, just Cam Reddish. Jared Culver, Darius Garland, those kind of guys are in conversation on those last two picks because rounding out the top five is the Lakers and then Cavs. They kind of up in there because the Cavs need everything. Man. I don't know what the fuck they need. So well, they really, point they could draft anybody. So speaking of, well, the Cavs got a, a great coach now. Yeah, John Beeline. Line, how do you feel about John Beeline saying, you know what? I'm done with Michigan. They kind of do they have a great GM now. I mean, as long as you got John Beeline, man. I mean, ooh, I, I felt ooh, like, hey, listen, man. Ooh. I, I almost want, I want to throw up, man, when I seen that, man. Hell no. That shit, uh, that shit hurt, man. It hurt to see him leave. Um, I think he he looked at the roster and probably was like, you know what, the cupboard is a little bit bare. And he probably just always wanted to coach in the NBA. I mean, like that, 66 years old. And that's what old. I was gonna say. Do you think that the chances of John Beeline being the next Billy Donovan and Brad Stevens is higher, or him being the next? John Calipari and Rick Pitino is higher. What do you mean? Like Rick Pitino in the NBA or John? Yeah. John Calipari went to the playoffs in the NBA. I mean, he just lost to Jordan, but you can't really. And Rick Pitino, he kind of had bad luck with the, the Celtics. Just Chauncey didn't develop as, as quickly. But no, nah, I think I think I can see. Um, I think he's going to be more like Lenny Wilkins a bit, who kind of, like I said, coached college and came to the league and had some success. Larry Cause he, Brown. Larry Brown, because he knew how to develop players. And I think a, the biggest problem with Cal too is they didn't draft Kobe. That kind of fucked him. Nah, that kind of fucked him up. He had some battle, and they had a lockout year, and he got fired after that. But, no, nah, I think um, I think John Beeline's going to be good because he can develop players. And it's hard to develop two and three stars year after year after year to play above. I think this is probably like one of the last groups that he thought they could have done something. Um, but now getting professional players, and definitely with his system being able to spread – and be able to shoot threes, I think he's going to be successful there. But it hurts Michigan. Um, I hope Jawan Howard gets the job. Um, Sadi Washington, he's a friend of our cousin, Cousin Sean. Um, cousin Sean wants him to get the job. So Sadi is, is very poised. He, yeah. uh, he actually, and I, I've been vocal about this, like I said previously, for anybody to watch. I, I wasn't a big fan of Greg Campy, but Sadi seemed like he had a respect to the players. I fucking Greg Campy, though. Campy is the only reason that I, I don't like Campy. And this is in life in general for for some stances. I just feel against. He's very headstrong in his way, and I don't really care for that. I got to be that. I think that there's times where he hasn't adjusted well to 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 different. I won't even say different times to just different talent levels. Like he will stick with his his way of thinking basketball wise, and won't have the players that can complete that mission. And I think that that's you just got to be able to analyze and adjust. And that's not even like I said, your way could be the right way. You got to have your guys for that system, though. And I think that he doesn't adjust well with that. Like, and you could think that somebody fits your system, but sometimes they don't. And you got to be able to see that and say, well, we can't win like this. Yeah. And I think that. But like I said, with Sadi, I did see a lot of respect from the players being around him. That they they listen to him a lot, and he just seemed like a cool guy. And I think that that's more so, just as much as you need a head strong and fiery coach, you do need to even kill person sometimes too. You know, everybody can't be Tom Izzo and yelling at you and stuff. And I think Sadi has that. He has to respect the players. Right now I see they're becoming them jacking. They jacking hard as fuck. Steph got they're like losing. 40. Yeah, but it's like Damon Little not even trying to score. He's not even trying his best. Oh, uh, look so at that. Oh my goodness. I ain't gonna lie to okay, Curry. So- Whoa! Ward Seth Curry just hit a big time shot. They should have named him Ward Seth. Um, 
What about Frank Vogel getting hired to the Lakers? I don't think oh we can talk about that. Goodness. What is that even? No, what is the last team that Frank Vogel is coaching? Orlando, Orlando, Orlando Magic did an awful job. He did um, an awful job. Whoever Lindy Linda Ramis is running Rambis. the Rambis, Rambis. Is, is running the Lakers, man. Wow. The Rambises? That is crazy. I would I would have never saw that. Um this is a bad hiring. Uh, he's not going to last two seasons. Jason Kidd will be the head coach. Like, and that's why Ty Lue didn't take the job. Like, dude, y'all not going to tell me y'all want this guy to be on the staff and you got to hire You want to hire him. Just make him the fucking head no, coach. I think that that was – and this is one thing that a lot of true Lakers fans have been had an issue with. A lot of people didn't want LeBron James coming there because they believed in the younger nucleus. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Like, like, no, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. But if you're a Lakers fan and you think what's best for the organization, if you don't believe that LeBron James was going to bring a championship there or they had a harder time filling it in with, with free agents, star-level free agents, to compete right now. Some people believe that the best mission should have been to just believe in the younger core, believe in the younger group, and that would have been keeping the Julius Randle to grow with these other three players that you have. Obviously, I think they already got rid of D'Angelo Russell at that point. But if you believed in this core, that's kind of what they envisioned. And right now, I think the Lakers are stuck at a standstill because you have a situation where Tyron Lue has not proved himself to be a, a developer. He hasn't had any talent that needed to be developed. He was, and I'm not. It's not a bad a knock on him or anything. He just was hand gifted a team that had veterans. You know what I'm saying? It was a champion. It's like Steve Kerr. I wouldn't call Steve Kerr a developer. No. So and that, it's the same situation. You know what I'm saying? You would say Mark Jackson is a developer. Yeah. Right? Why, did, why didn't he get a fucking call from? The but Lakers? that's that that I think he has been blackballed to a point. But besides that point, another good point that people have made is that Frank Vogel is the best option that would take these standards. Like no, like you said, Tyron Lue ain't fucking with that. Nah, you ain't you ain't fu- you ain't hiring a motherfucker that's breathing down my neck. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This this to some degree just as able to coach this team as I am. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not like yeah, you know, you hiring a young dude who who learning. I mean, this motherfucker that coached the team, Giannis still think he should be his coach down there. Obviously, Budenholzer got them to a higher level, but it could just be the same situation with Mark Jackson. It could have just been their fucking time. You know what I'm saying? You never know how much of a role somebody actually play. And you look at what the Bucks got talent wise is much different too. But like I said, right now they're stuck at a crossroad because I think LeBron would like Jason Kidd, but you got his guy in Tyron Lue, somebody that you know he likes and he trusts. And then you piggyback with you banking on Jason Kidd being a developer. So now it's like you, you basically do got two head coaches. You got one that's LeBron coach and then one that's everybody else coach. That's what you got now. LeBron's not going to listen to Frank Vogel. He's going to go straight to Jason Kidd. No, but that's, that's what I'm saying to where now it's like Frank Vogel is – just, just a, a a mannequin almost. He's just a puppet. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. I this franchise is getting ran terribly. The Lakers, I mean, they had big protesting shots out they building. The Warriors them at a, a little pick and roll bucket. They up like three, but it's like I mean, it's just fucked up. Like the Lakers, I really don't know if they have any direction. I think that people they just didn't know how to handle LeBron. They didn't know how to know. They didn't know how to handle what came. Yeah, with but it. it's like they. I just feel like it's a meltdown. I then I feel like it's some Game of Thrones shit going on where they just doing some dumb shit. Where it's like it's clear what should happen, but they just doing so much dumb shit no. to try to counteract. It's like y'all overworking. And that's, it. that's the same thing that, that people have said in protests of Magic Johnson. And this is not knocking Magic in any in, in any facet, but people he didn't bring LeBron James there. LeBron James went to the Lakers, so I think people made it seem as if LeBron going there was going to alter their dysfunction. They have been nothing but dysfunction for the last decade. But see, I thought that Jeannie getting a franchise would be different, but she's worse than her fucking brother. Like, how can you be talking shit about Magic Johnson and not know that he's a part of the email 
Jack and can't see the shit. Like, it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. stupid shit like that. Like, that shit ain't got nothing to do with Brian. That's just them own niggas. The great Linda, whatever, Rambus, whatever. Like, no, where did she come it's from? Just the second just gen- it's just second generational money running a team, and they kind of might have to sell that motherfucker. They might, they need to sell it, but they probably won't. But they definitely need they to. They definitely need They're to. They're doing an awful job. Um, What else y'all want to talk about? The NBA playoffs? I mean, we can. What's, 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 what's do you want to talk about? I mean... Before we, I was on the side that the Bucks. You got conspiracy theory, man. You think Ooh. Kevin Durant got a torn Achilles, man? You I think no, he's for sure, dude. Like you don't reach that far down on your. He's cat. seven feet. Yeah, dog. It's a certain angle. You niggas who can hurt, you don't reach that far. If, down if he don't on play you. game one of the finals, then yeah, he, he got a torn Achilles. Yeah. yeah, no, he got one. I think he just is a fish. I think the nigga got one. Like I ain't even gonna lie. I think Why would they hold this information? Why oh, they just follow David Willard? They gonna follow him again? Oh, let's just watch this. Seven, Five. six. Oh, he getting stuck up. Oh, Ooh. he a bum. That's wow. what I'm saying. And, and that was a problem like I have with Paul George. Like, why the fuck would you be so far oh, off? You suck. When he when when, when oh Lillard trash. Man, man, when Lillard hit the shot, Paul George like Paul George D up on him. <laughs> so yeah, he got plucked. Um, but uh, oh, is he hurt? Uh, no, no I just run to the locker room. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, another win for the world. Like, and that's the thing. Like, if Kevin Durant is okay, they probably can beat these niggas. They can beat them without him. That's what I was saying. That's why I didn't want these niggas to go. Dog. I, I was on record saying on this show, if these niggas go to the playoffs, they're gonna get probably swept by the Warriors, bro. Yeah. They they not they're not the good they're not good enough as a team to beat the Warriors. I thought Denver had enough pieces to throw at Steph. Steph Curry's about to average thirty five this this series. He about to do whatever he want to to these niggas. And Damian Lillard just looking like a scrub. Like, yeah, he got 23 points. You know, you got to score more than 23 points. This ain't Russell Westbrook no more, bro. CJ McCollum, this ain't uh, Tory Craig or hey, no more, bro. Amir, I don't know if you're listening, but you told me that Clay Thompson and Andre Godala could not check this nigga. No. And I, I tried to explain to him that it's different from checking James Harden. James Harden is the most uncheckable nigga in the league, A, because he got a complete repertoire of moves and the nigga step back three is ridiculous. He shoot a higher percentage from step talk, back we three. We talk about James Harden. Yeah, yeah, we ain't talked about that. Yeah, he shoot a higher that. step back three than niggas regular three point shoot. In the regular season. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I mean, I can't say that James Harden's skill level went away in the NBA. It just, in the playoffs, it's just his mindset. He just play funny. That's why I feel like the Trailblazers, they're not going to be able to beat them because... Where the Rockets would take advantage of having Steph Curry on them one on one and just get a bucket. I got Steph Curry. I'm, I'm not saying he's locking CJ, but he, CJ no, wasn't doing too much. No, but that when nigga. they had when Lillard had a switch with Steph Curry on him, he would just try to run offense like it's a regular game. It's like, bro, it's not a regular game no more, bro. You gotta you got score on that nigga, dog. Get a bucket. It's like, go oh, get a bucket, bro. Stop don't a Jake Layman shot or Alfarik Aminu shot or more Harkless bucket. Jake Layman ain't even playing the last series. I don't know if that nigga heard or he, not. He played this game. That's why when I when you said it, I turned around weirdly because he didn't play in the last series. I mean, he was too weak then, but now it's like I guess they trying to use his height. But that don't just, make sense. How is he too weak against the Nuggets? This nigga can't he can play against the Warriors. He's just a tall nigga on the court. They need a big guy, booty nigga. So uh this is just gonna be the worst one. They they probably gonna get swept when it comes to the Raptors. Um, need to be nice. That kind of. I mean, I just feel like that's gonna go seven games. I feel like I there's no way it could probably not go seven games. I agree. They gonna compete every night. They're going to file each other. Kawhi and Giannis are two competitive dudes. And they both probably two of the most unguardable dudes in the NBA. So, it's going to be a good team. only reason I, I don't – I think it's going six. And I think the Bucks going to win the six. And the only reason 
like I said, you playing a numbers game, you're thinking about odds. I just think the odds is better that the Bucks role players are gonna play better in in the short amount of game. Like Kyle Lowry suck. I can't bank on Kyle Lowry producing how he was. Pascal Siakam has shown that the length and, and, and size of some of the people on the Bucks just kinda gave him some problems. And I think they got him in too big of a role. I noticed that toward we watched the game at, at MGM yesterday. He bringing the ball up way too much, in my opinion. It's kind of difficult for him to get going in the offense to where he has to facilitate for others and kind of set the offense up and then come in and be a secondary scorer. I think that's just putting him in a weird position. You know what I'm saying? But they don't want to tire out Kyle Lowry and then also Kawhi Leonard because of how much they play on the, the – well, Kawhi plays on the defensive end. And then Kyle Lowry, just, he kind of chubby. I don't think they want to tire him down. But I think that that's too much pressure for Pascal. And then Marcus Hall is a bum. Like, point blank period. That nigga looked awful. Not just offensively, defensively, he just looked terrible. And I think that even if it's not Brook Lopez, like I said, Ilya Sova, fucking Meritage, anybody that they rotate in at that 5-4 spot, it's going to bust their ass. Just because Marcus Hall looked like he ain't got nothing left in the tank. You know what I'm saying? He's never been the fastest player, but right now he just don't even look like he got the energy to, to close out another that shit. And he looked like Enos Cantor down there in the first game against the Warriors where he was sagging so far off on pick and roll and just looking out of position. And it's like, it's hard to envision him really being a factor. And... Like I said, you got two all-stars in Kawhi and Kyle Lowry, but one of them is proving that he doesn't play good in playoffs. So I can't bank on, on Kyle Lowry. I did think that Kawhi was going to be a different monster. But the first game showed that he might be a little bit more vincible than I thought, you know? I just think he was tired. I, I just think the Raptors got they got more playoff experience. So I, I think you're going to get a good game from Marcus O eventually. You're going to get another good game from Kyle Lowry eventually. Um, like sexy outcome, he's, he's gonna play better at home for sure. So I, I think, like I said, I think it's gonna be a battle. It's, gonna, it's probably gonna go seven games. Um, all right. So Dan did ask me this question before. He said, "What do you? What do the Rockets do now? What does James Harden do now? Where do they go from here? They just went last year seven games. The Warriors this year is what five, six, six. went six games. They lost here. Realistically, could have been four. James five. Harden didn't score in a lot of them fourth quarters." Um, Chris Paul really only played good one game. Eric Gordon played good two games, not the last couple games. Clint Capel, he's absolutely worthless against them. What do they do? I think they sink. They nah. can't do shit. I think I, I, they sink. I'm going to disagree with that. They have lost what last three I years, mean, three like, games, six, let's and say, at their home. Let's right? say, yeah. They, okay. My opinion, I'm saying they sink in the West. Let's say next year. Utah got money. They get rid. Of, they get an upgraded point guard and get Tobias Harris. That's a better team. Tobias Harris ain't going to Utah. I mean, but I, they got money. They got yeah. the option to go get somebody. I, I just don't see nobody going to Utah. They go out to draft them. I, I think. Look, depending on what Kevin Durant does, right? If he leaves, the Warriors still the, the favorite. But Houston has a chance. They have a better chance. They, they let this opportunity slip out their fingers. So they definitely gonna come back a little bit more motivated. But they have a two year window. Where they can still compete. I think it's over. After that, it's Cause over. Even, even like you like to say, and I, like I said, I, I ain't really with the excuses, but Paul George was clearly injured. You know what I'm saying? Whether or not you, you, you like to bank on that. Right. He was he was way worse than I've ever seen a nigga. You know right. what I'm saying? Russell Westbrook, too. Russell Westbrook, once again, not with the excuses, I don't think he's ever going to win a championship. But his jump shot was completely broken because he, he was his knee was fucked up. He had a... a, a Injury and he had surgery literally like a month or two before the season started. Obviously, it was a minor surgery, but he clearly fucked up his jump shot. Right. I think that the Thunder could be a better team than the Rockets next year. Yeah, they could be. So, like I said, I think they sink. You know what I'm saying? You start to see growth from different to the Lakers. The Lakers going to be better next year. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. All these other teams is going to be competitive. Like you said, maybe James Harden is just a regular season player. I think it's going to be difficult for them next year. I just don't see – because Chris Paul only going to get worse. It's, it's simply put. 
He ain't getting no better. You know what I'm saying? The Eagles terrible this year. But let me look at the bright side, right? Because game one, Houston could have won that game. Could have. They could have won that game. That was in their grasp. They could have won. That game five was theirs to win. It I mean, just, second. just yeah. look at the situation of what you, the, the Houston Rockets have no draft picks. None. Right, right. They have no money. They got to stick with the core they got. All service is leaving. He free agent. He leaving. Mm-hmm. No way he come back. That's going to be that's gonna be a tough one. So you, you have a core that consists of James Harden is obviously under contract. Clint Capella is under contract. I believe uh, P.J. Tucker, too. And... Maybe Eric Gordon for another year. I don't know what else you produce behind that. You know what I'm saying? Like who who else is? Because they, they they obviously have like exception, which is like maybe five thousand five million or something like that, or three million. Who gonna take that? Who gonna be the guy to come back? Like you see a boogie taking a five million from the Warriors. It's the Warriors. I know I got a golden ticket here. You know what I'm saying? Who gonna do that for the Rockets? I don't. Know. I mean, sometimes you just gotta stick with the core you got, and they gotta develop. I, I still think the Rockets are more likely. And, and, I, I didn't even mention the Nuggets. Well, yeah, well, I, I mean, mean, my, I mean, by saying they was already second seed, Warriors probably already first seed. The Rockets still in. I mean, but that's better than that, everybody. Else. And that was that was what I was saying though. Like, and and you 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 speaking to the gospel of what I was saying. Even right now with the Rockets being the fourth seed, niggas still thought they was the the, the toughest competition for the Warriors. Mm. So on the flip side, that's what I'm saying. They might be the fifth seed next year. They're gonna be the fifth best team. In my yeah. That's what I'm, like, I don't think they're gonna be the biggest threat to the Warriors next year. Like I, you have James Harden, but the I, rest of them niggas suck. I feel like no Kevin Durant. They still, I think the Rockets, if they had to win a whole series, like they, they, I think that fucked up their game plan. No, when Kevin Durant got hurt, it's like, oh damn, we nah, like, like PJ Tucker ain't really had nobody to guard. He can't really be as physical as stepping up. He played really good though. He played really good. It was just like Kevin Durant, huh? Against Kevin Durant, yeah. But it's like, like without Kevin Durant, it's just like that shit threw them niggas off and it threw them off so abruptly they didn't know what to do. So they really didn't account for like. How to double staff and where to go. To the flip like that. side, people have kind of talked about that previously. Then Tony don't got no no adjustments. Like he just mm-hmm. running. He got his game style, and if that shit don't work, it's like do it again. So I think that's probably gonna be if any move, they final move before they kind of blow the whole thing up. They're gonna probably get Mark Tony out of there. And, and that's that's why I said sink. You you right. They gotta stick with their team. They like I said, I'm running off what I, they don't have no cap space. You ain't got no draft pick. You gotta stick with this team. Ain't nobody taking Chris Paul contract. You can't trade. What you gonna try, Capella? What sense does that make? You know what I'm saying? He played like shit against the Warriors, but he's still a growing talent. Maybe he can produce and get a little bit better. Why would you trade him? It don't make no sense. But you know, like I said, it's just hard to really envision what they can do. So they gotta stick with that core. And like I said, I just think they're gonna sink. I think everybody else around them is gonna get better. That's just simply how I feel. James Harden is still gonna be amazing. He's still gonna be a great, like Lando said, regular season performer. And, you know, you just don't really know if they actually have another shot. Like Lando said, realistically, maybe, yeah, they got another two-year window. But I think they shot past. You had two golden tickets to get the guys and really win a championship. Nobody out the East was going to beat them niggas. You blew it. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul, unfortunately, I ain't going to say unfortunately for me because I don't want that nigga winning no championship. You blew it. Your shot is done, brother. You did that shimmy in front of Steph and them niggas took your hamstring. Basketball guys got you. Mm. Yank show shit. I know how to... The East look extremely formidable. Right now, yeah. They look a little bit... Because a team like the Rockets look a little weaker, the Warriors look kind of weak without Kevin Durant. They still look vulnerable. Like, you would feel like with Kevin Durant, the, the Trailblazers have no shot. They still got shot night in and night out to probably win a game or two. The Bucks or the Raptors look steep. They're like some good teams that 
They could just if they ran into him, it'd be real tough for him, dog. So I'm saying with or without Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant, the Bucks have a better chance of beating him. Without Kevin Durant, either team got a good, great yeah, shot. Okay. I agree with that. So I don't know, man. You can get the finals are going to be interesting. Seeing on which team come out on each side, it's probably going to be the Warriors, and then whoever come out this East could lead to a great finals. Probably one of the best in a long time. I mean, but like I Since said, we, what, three we sit on different sides of Kevin Durant. You think he got Achilles tear. I think he definitely be honest, bro. I think they're keeping their butt with you. You don't reach that low on your Achilles. I mean, your, your calf. It hurt. Uh, that shit hurt. I mean, just sit. And DeMarcus Cousins is not coming back. I don't think niggas need to no, get that out of mind, too. I think he coming back. I don't think it matters. Nah, he not. He ain't going to play in no more than 10 minutes. That's what I said. I don't think it matters. Like, the other nigga, Damian Jones, is back. I, he can't check nobody. Like, we, <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, they can't. didn't replace this score. If I was him, I wouldn't even do it. Like, to come back and play in the court, you blew your leg. No, but I, I think for him, though, it's more yeah, like. He ain't never been the Yeah, like I said, why he signed there? You know, I ain't never. I've been playing for nine years. I ain't been to the playoffs. Come on. He wanted to get a contract next year. He go out there and play. Sure. He don't look good. They ain't nobody picking that nigga back up. I think the Warriors will pick him up, though. They, they, they lose Kevin Durant, I think they will. Right. And I said that at the beginning of the year that yeah. I kind of had that feeling. Because Boogie, it always seemed like he, I didn't, obviously we didn't know how long he was going to play, but I never felt like he was going to play more than 30 games. That's a tight bubble to really produce and show that, yeah, I'm back, you know what I'm saying? And he didn't look good. He looked good, you know what I'm saying, in the regular season. Especially towards the end, he was kind of starting to dominate a little bit. Some of the other players had kind of throttled back just to let him showcase, I felt like, more. And it just was it was tough. But now, like like Lando said, he never been this moment. I think he was going to fight back to try to play. It's just how much can you play, you know what I'm saying? Because he can't check nobody. He can't check Brooke Lopez. He can't check Giannis. He can't check Miritich. He can't check Elias Silva. I mean, the only, the only great thing about... Boogie and that series is possibly, especially on defense, is that they don't have a dominant guard that's like a pick-and-roll base player. You know what I'm saying? Chris Middleton, maybe. But, like, Eric Blesso ain't like, oh, yeah, we run this pick-and-roll about to pull. I mean, he's not that type of player. So, Boogie could probably get some spot minutes, but realistically, I don't think you want him on the floor that much. They've, the Warriors have shown that they're bread and butter is the Hampton Five. It is what it is. Maybe you can throw a, a Kevin Looney out there. He sufficed because he's an intelligent player. And he's so unathletic that he can't help but play solid. You know what I'm saying? Because if he start doing some wild shit, he's just going to get beat completely. But it's it's tough to call. Like I said, with KD being healthy, or at least, you know, 70%, 85%, I still think the Warriors win a six against the Bucks. But, you know, no KD, it might be tough. Um, anything else y'all want to cover? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, you know, the, the Lions trying to make a meal with uh, Calvin Johnson. How do you feel about that? Well, what would they say? Trying that Rod Wood said that's number one or one of the higher things on his agenda, man, is is amending the beef with Calvin Johnson. I got a beef with Calvin. Oh yeah. Niggas who didn't have a beef with Barry Sanders, I don't see how they didn't. Calvin just left. I get it's their own decision. No, nah, I, I don't got no beef with Calvin beef or with Barry Calvin. Sanders. They this, this franchise is dysfunctional. It is. And then they're gonna charge Calvin. They go they gonna make him pay yeah, back and sign money, dog. No, you left. Man. No, fuck you signed that. a contract. Fuck like Shannon Sharp said, man. When I left, they they told me, no, nah, that's that's yours, man. They weren't supposed to do Calvin shit. like that. No, but fuck that. Calvin brought everything to the to this team, man. He did, dog. No, he just left too bogusly, dog. Nah, the team wasn't Even the next shit. year, we were solid enough. I just feel like if we had Calvin, we'd have been a better yeah, team the next year. He wasn't gonna do shit, man. It's gonna be the same cycle, man. Like what him and Barry both did. I don't I don't disagree with none of that shit. Barry didn't want to go through that rebuild, bull, Matt Millen bullshit. Who the fuck want to go through that? <laughs> He was right. Yeah. Calvin? Nah, Barry Sanders. Yeah, I, I, I know Barry Sanders was right. Man, Calvin was right, too. I want to go through this Bob Quinn bullshit. Bob Quinn Fuck that, bad, man. Like, oh, no. Man. Name one good draft pick that Matt Miller had. Calvin Johnson. 
I was at the end. So who was doing it before Matt Miller? He did he draft Joey Harrington. It was like like one of the wolves and shit. No, no, Matt Miller drafted uh, Joey Harrington. That's what I'm saying. There, yeah, he had a bunch of bad Calvin drafts. Look, draft <laughs> Joey Harrington and all them other bum ass niggas. And then looking at Calvin hands and his knee, like all the surgery he had to get trying to catch some wild ass balls. I'm, I'm the Calvin, the guy, man. Calvin Johnson only got the worst hands in history, man. I'm talking about the, the, his hands and shit, like the fingers and shit. His fingers he don't got the worst hands. Andre Freeman, because he's catching Brett Favre fucking do it. It's Torreola. Torreola got the fuck up hands, too. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like, fuck the Calvin figure and elbow and shit. Like, man, fuck the Lions, bro. Um, damn, it was something else. It might be new uh, college sports games coming out, man. They, they're thinking about opening up the rule to pay players, give them some compensation. Man. Obviously, that's not why they're doing it, but, you know, that's a speculation. Once people see that type of rule, it might be possible. Then all of the fanboys who, you know, like ourselves, love college football and college basketball. By this time, it would be too far gone. I don't think they could do it. I think I just wouldn't care as much because I don't know none of these niggas. Like, I don't got a, a player that I'm like, man, I love this dude. You know what I'm saying? I love it this don't dude. Matter, no. <laughs> yeah, I love this dude. I do um, got a music thing for you. What the? When are people going to stop doing this Rolling Loud shit? Because that looked like some shit I would never want to go to. like the Sting operation. It was. I, I never really paid no attention to Rolling Loud until this shit. That shit just look wild. I know. Except, my train went like two years ago. Josh, what he got arrested? Uh, Kodak got arrested? It just, that shit just, uh, Okay. They're going to New York. I think next year they're going to do that. And that was the thing. Because it was a, a, a moving tour, I never really paid attention to it. You know, like you said, it's been wild. I had a relative that got killed there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, One of my cousins, like, he was a rapper. He got he didn't get killed at Rolling Loud, but he got killed in Miami. Yeah. So it was just like, like I said, it's been a crazy couple weeks down there. And like Lil Wayne said he wasn't performing because people was getting arrested. Kodak got arrested. Uh, Key Glock got arrested. Like you said, Josh Jackson. And then just even... Josh Jackson got arrested on his own just being... Weird though, but maybe they wouldn't have did that at Coachella. Maybe somebody had been like, hey, "You yeah. play for the Sun? That's cool." Oh no, no. <laughs> Roll out this, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah, that nigga's awesome. I play for the Sun. Y'all gonna let me in? I'm Josh Jackson. Are you Devin well, Booker? No. <laughs> this, this is what I heard that they let him in, but he kept trying to bring other people into the VIP, and they're like, "Nigga, you ain't even supposed to be back oh, yeah, here." We kind of gave you a favor, and they told him a few times, and they like, "Don't lock his ass Why up." Just pay for it though. He said he did. He said he had the band on, the, but it was so crowded. They're like, no, nah, you you can get in. Them niggas behind you, they can't get in. And he was trying to bring everybody in. That makes sense. Why you running? Yeah, the sick for that nigga running. Like, no, they going to catch you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, Josh, you just should not have done that, man. Um, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to oh. pause it, flip in the Vino interview. All right, what's up, man? We in the stew. Vino beats. Vince. What up, though? What up, man? What's, what's the deal? What's going on, man? Shit at all, uh, you, you tell me. You was just talking about working out. You was just Damn. talking about getting out the city. Yeah, definitely. What else trying on your mind, bro? Spit to us. Shit, nothing at all. If it ain't money, if it ain't music, it ain't shit, you feel me? I prefer to be both of them. But shit, if it ain't one or the other, it ain't nothing. All right, so me? with this music, bro, tell us about yourself as an artist. Like, How do you approach the art? When it comes to music. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the art, I just go in there and say what I feel based off what the fuck I see mm-hmm. on a daily basis from these fluke-ass, just this fluke-ass shit I see, you feel me? Mm-hmm. So it just be the energy that come out, and it be natural, you know what I'm saying? It just be me, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of raw music. You gotta, you gotta, you know, if you know, then you know, you know what I'm saying? If you know... The energy I'm talking about is just, if you heard my music, you know what it is, so. 
Yeah, so that's what that's what we want to know. Like, who is who is like? So who are you, man? Like, explain to us, like. I'm 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 a I'm a I'm a artist, a rapper from Detroit. I go hard. I go hard in the music. Okay. I go hard. That's it. So, like, how did you start rapping? Or how did you start producing? Uh, I started rapping before I started producing, and I was working in this building, and this producer that worked out the same office building or whatever, throwing music, shout out throwing music. Uh he pulled me to the side and was like asking do I rap or whatever, whoop, whoop. And I said, yeah, and we fuck around and start spitting some shit. And then he spit some shit back, whoop de whoop. Gave me his uh info and then basically was saying that uh I was asking him before we separated, like I got beats in my head, like I done had beats in my head my whole life, whoop whoop. So I asked him, if I got beats in my head, is a way you could lay them down? Now I know that any good producer could have did that. But he said, yeah. So, you know, we kind of, I set up a session. And then, like, the next time or whatever, I set it up. And he, he walked me through it. That shit was cold as fuck. And at that point, I knew the music was what I was going to do the rest of my life. Which you, you was going to make the beat? Like Fruity Loops? Or the- yeah, FL. FL, FL 11. FL 12. That's what I'll be fucking with. You like it a lot? He he fucked my nigga Kilo over here. He fuck with uh, 20, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. But shit. Yeah, that's heard seven. <laughs> so how y'all that feel bo- like the beat making process? Is it just like you said, like coming from whatever come in your mind, like a little boom, 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 and then you just put that on the doom, doom, and then I... <laughs> see what you, see what you can tell him, Kilo, though. The process is like, you could just be with somebody else you working with, like either a producer or artist, and then... Just the vibe of what y'all just playing something on the keyboard. They might hear something like, oh, yeah, fuck with that. And you just go off that type shit. Or you could have some shit you've been waiting to put down all day. Like, you like, I got to get back to my laptop so I can lay this down before I forget it. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like that. Like, it's, it's a lot of different processes when it comes to making beats, for real. All right, we had one of our boys on. He, he rapping stuff like that. And he was saying what's missing now in the Detroit rap game scene is producers... That's willing to work with rappers and try to make beats for the rappers. Do y'all think that? And Shit, Detroit? I mean, I don't think it's personal. Shit, right. I, mean, I don't think anybody gonna fuck around and just be like, I'm gonna open a store and then just give everybody all the, all the shit that they selling. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't if it ain't worth it or if it ain't what you want to do from your heart, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't think. Just working with every other old body, you know, being friendly is something. That, I don't know. Maybe it's a good idea, but it ain't natural. I would say probably. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be cool. You know what I'm saying? Somebody would put themselves out there and uh, facilitate all that shit and bring y'all it together. Y'all ever have like a like you know on YouTube? It'd be like a Kendrick Lamar type beat no. or whatever. Y'all ever put somebody like that when you're thinking a beat? Like I hell, he can rap on this man. Uh, yeah, man. we fuck around. I fuck around to make a beat. And then hear who on that bitch. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. I ain't, I ain't. Most time I ain't targeting. Just going it. for it, but if if it come out like that, then that's how it come out. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But as far as in Detroit though, I know a lot of rappers. They trying to go for the Detroit sound. Mm-hmm. You don't know. That's you know really straight to the point for real. And y'all trying to branch out the Detroit sound? I really want to evolve it for real. 
you know, because Detroit is like really big, like right now as far as the music industry. Like we blowing up yeah. fast. Honestly, yeah, real talk. And like we still got the same style, but it's it's slowly evolving. It's getting more industrial. You know? Yeah, that's what I really want to be on. Besides, besides Detroit, you know, I just I want to produce all types of music, honestly. Right. But as far as Detroit, that's what I want for Detroit. So you find yourself trying to branch out of the sound. You know, out of Detroit sound, you ever try to go back and beat like you know, just a little to Detroit. Let's make it more like everything else. Or do you try to just adapt the Detroit sound? To I mean, feel like you can reach. If it is if if it's I wanna say a beat is to Detroit. If it's a Detroit beat, then it's just a Detroit beat, you know. <laughs> but I mean if it if it kinda, you know, is the best of both worlds, that's even better. You know. Detroit mixed with the industry, that's you know something guess, that's gonna hit. I guess I asked like what um what producers or rappers did it inspired you to, to or both of you to, to start rapping and producing? Um, I ain't I ain't never expected to be a producer, so I ain't or an artist, so it ain't I ain't really uh have an inspiration for doing it. But I had plenty of artists I fucked with, of course, listening to music, hip hop growing up. But directly, my shit was like on my own. It just happened like that. Like God placed it for real, and I ain't denied. So for me, shit, I ain't had no inspiration. You know what I'm saying? It was. My life shit was going on that I was inspired by, and then that situation happened where I'm the producer, and I just, you know what I'm saying? That's be dope. A year prior, I ain't ever know, you know what I'm saying? And I was natural at that shit, so. Uh, for me. You nice? What up, though? What up, Good dog. Chill, chill. You alright? <laughs> Hell yeah. You nice know, just walked in. Hey. Ooh. We just talking about the production process, man. They be producing. Man. This is what they what they thought. What's the funnest part of producing to y'all? Like what do y'all y'all just can't wait till other people can hear it and I'll be like, oh hell yeah, this shit about to be fire. Hell no. Nah. It be uh <laughs> That shit just be hard as hell. You feel me? If you making it uh, and that shit starting just, to slap, you like you building on that shit. And it's like, especially like a collab too. Hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> it definitely don't be uh, related to nobody else. Most of the time for me at least, because yeah. uh, unless uh, it's a specific client or I'm focusing on, you know what I'm saying? It's really just to create. It's your creation. So it's uh, all you. Hell yeah, that shit. That's all like. About how long you been doing this? Since 2015. Since 2015. Yeah, I, 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 you might remember Ron. I, I remember the name for yeah. sure. Yeah, he had the choice. Hell yeah, somebody named Ron Banks on my label. So <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't him though for sure. But shit, uh, hell yeah, the squad. That was, that was some funny, squad, silly shit, man. That was some silly shit. We were, hell yeah, but no, nah, real hustle, real hustle music group. That's some real shit right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my label. You feel me? I'm with, we a team of like about six, eight, give or take. Artists, producers, engineers, combination of both, or, you know what I'm saying, some of us. 
but uh, from the city, been around for about 10 years. Uh, and basically, we done tapped in with everybody, who anybody, most part in the city. And a little bit out of state, but shit, we all we moving up. We got we got all the genres. You feel me? So it ain't nothing we ain't dabbled in. Uh, Real hustle though, Real hustle music group, Real hustle supreme team. They kind of like one and one, but Real hustle music group is like the artistry side, and Real supreme team is like the producing side. I have I'm signed to both of the sides or whatever, but pretty much they they all still one and one. But uh, we from the city, shit. Some of the most talented motherfuckers I know, period, that ain't from. Just one of the most talented motherfuckers I know, for sure. Uh, before we started, you was talking about how you kind of wanted to get out of Detroit. You want to see more and, and venture out more. Let's go deeper into that, man. Like, like where exactly do you want to go? Shit. What more do you want to see? I ain't going to lie. Most niggas who from Detroit want to eventually branch out. But, I mean, it ain't a lot of money here. It is, but it ain't. And, uh, shit, I like... To travel, so and it's a lot of way better places for music, like ATL, Cali, motherfucking Florida, Chicago, New York, all of that. So I'd rather branch out. You say what? So where are you been? Shit, I'd have been in Chicago, Atlanta, New York, and I was supposed to go to a couple other spots. I'd have been to a couple other states too, but I'm still kind of like making some shit shake here before I that uh, take off. Take off to doing everything I want to do out of state. I mean, so it seems like that um, you've been slowing down with the producing lately, and you've been doing more of the makes it rapping. Hell you know, yeah! Like stop producing. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh. Well, first off, niggas really don't take take shit serious enough for me to, you know what I'm saying. And a lot of times. I'm really focused. I'm an artist too, so I got some shit to focus on either way. But a lot of times, niggas ain't they, the shit they stand on, the shit they about. My beat not about to be under your shit. Like I'm not about to facilitate that shit. I'm not about to have no weak ass nigga. You know what I'm saying? And they just they be on some weak ass shit. And on top of that, they don't be serious about the shit. And if you ain't solid. I ain't even matching up. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to just be like boop boop boop. Here's a beat. You feel me? Just motherfucking. I ain't fucking with that shit. So right. I ain't got to either way. I mean, even if I was just a producer, I I, I personally I wouldn't just do that shit. But oh, hell yeah, I ain't fucking with that shit though, man. I, I feel like like the history. It's been a my bad, my no, bad. Like no, I'm still really trying to elaborate on <laughs> <laughs> that shit, dog. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. Of, it's just a lot of whole ass shit. It's just a whole. No, it's not specific though. I'm just be. I'm gonna be general about it. I'm gonna say in the in the industry, be the mainstream or Detroit. It's um. It's just a lot of weak shit. You see, you know what I'm saying? Lame shit. And niggas ain't fucking with that shit. I got. I'm focusing on my shit. I'm seeing what I'm seeing. I'm facilitating. I'm just gotta speak for my own shit. I still got my artistry and shit to focus on. You feel me? So it's just a lot of the shit. That niggas just be on. It ain't solid enough for me to facilitate. You feel me? Right. It so, don't sit right. It, and it don't even be their career most of the time. You know that's bonus that they uh they talent and all that or how serious they take the music. But just their morals is a motherfucking man. You feel me? So do you feel like it's better to stay underground? 
or would are essentially sell out like niggas do? Hell no. Nah. It depends. It depends. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can make a way. Everybody can uh, find their own loophole. You know, you could easily be a producer, stay underground, and make the right moves, connect, still make some cheese. But uh, I don't. I respect a lot of underground rappers. Like a lot of them be coded in mainstream. But uh, you feel me? If we're gonna be in the game, I'm on some dominated shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? So underground, you, you know, humble beginnings, but you gotta elevate. You feel me? I, I do feel like historically producers have made the best some of the best rap albums. Like we look at Dr. Dre the Chronic, we look at some of the for real work, some of Kanye work. I always feel like Kilo. Sure, you take it to oh, now. Man. J. Cole producer, Travis Scott a producer, yeah. tons of them. You just keep going. Like they artists, like they go from beat to rap. Like they make the whole song. Like it's not just somebody making a beat and then they send it to somebody and they rap over it. No, it's them. This is all of them. Like like I was saying before, it's literally everything that's coming from them. So it's a it's a whole different type of process when it's like that. And I respect that even more. Like the Kanye's, the Travis's, the J. Cole's. I know I'm missing somebody. I'm, I'm missing Shit. quite a few people. But like, a hell of a lot of them. You so, me? But them them um, like the real ones in the game to me. When it comes they, to artistry. I I think they take it more serious, you feel me? I mean, but to each his own, sometimes you can't Choose your beginners, you know. But we feel like they're closer to the beat making process. They probably just feel more at home rapping on the beat. Also, y'all think? Shit, I ain't gonna lie. Producer or even the engineer just being in the studio, you would subconsciously absorb a lot of shit. So let's say you, I, not that I record. I, I'm not. I personally don't engineer. Like I, ain't, I personally ain't friendly enough to do that shit. So I, <laughs> I decided that a long time ago. Like you gotta know your strengths. But I just know by the circle I'm around, like when you engineer somebody and they on your beat, woo -woo, you can make your own thoughts and constructs off of what they doing. Like that shit is whack what he doing, or I would do it this way, or this better. Woo -woo. You know, and you just probably I feel I imagine after a certain amount of clients, like you would know what's good and what's bad. You feel me? But you absorb a lot for so the mindset. But producing though, you, you absorb a lot, and they, and you can like have more, let's say, times to jump into the to the beat and see what you would do with it, more opportunities to think about what you how you would come on it and all of that type of stuff with different styles and shit. So you know, a lot of times rappers they just be rapping and shit, but uh, they don't think of what's right and what's wrong. They don't think of if I could do this more artistically or if I could do this shit. You know what I'm saying? They just go in there and say shit. Yeah. But as a producer, you probably do that more naturally. You know what I'm saying? So do you feel like making music is just like a creative expression that a lot of people should share? Not just between rapper and microphone. You know what I'm saying? It should be with everybody putting their own, all their input in to make like the best song they can make. I don't say shit, you feel me? That's if the easy song. Yeah. yeah, if it depends on you know what I'm saying, I always think multi dimensional shit. So I mean it just I said it'd be multi dimensional. <laughs> but uh fuck around, it's just a whole you know what I'm saying, to each his own. But that would be preferable, you feel right. me? Yeah. You know, but 
And do you feel like that's missing though? Like it's not enough people trying to. It's definitely not enough artistry. And that was that what you was getting at? Where it's not not the real niggas. Cause I, I know that I know that chance Honestly, it's, it's, I said I, I ain't it's, talking about the music, dog. <laughs> that's all, but that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the people, it's not enough real niggas in it that's really trying to. Yeah, what make I'm what I great. what I meant by that was like a real solid person, like yeah. a solid person, yeah. like yeah. You should I can yeah. fuck with. Yeah. It's people that I fuck with they music, but I don't fuck with them as a man. Yeah. And then there's people I fuck with as a man, and they add music ass. <laughs> But I don't give a fuck if they music ass. Yeah, they, they still solid. You know it's what just saying? too many. Not so it's just niggas who ain't got no backbone. You feel yeah. Me? I ain't trying to. You feel me? I know how I'm going to act under pressure. So if I'm with somebody or I just know something, it's just you ain't solid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, it ain't even got to be tough. You just ain't solid. You know what I'm saying? Like, And something pop off. Like You see that nigga and you just like. I didn't know this nigga was. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, real talk. Like, that's, that's, that's up. Not even just in music. That's just in life. Yeah, just in life. So many niggas you come yeah, across, yeah. it's like, bro, who is this? Like, you think yeah. you know a nigga, then, like, don't even be a yeah, fight, yeah. just some shit go wrong, and they lose their minds. Like, damn, bro, just a slight mistake. Right, right. Why are you tripping? Or, or just motherfucking scary as hell. For real. <laughs> that shit. You would definitely see uh, True Colors, somebody under hot pressure. You feel me? But. It just be in general though, you know what I'm saying? What niggas focused on, I'm not about to invest into something I know ain't gonna fly, you feel me? But that's what I meant when it come to that. But when I'm talking about like in the music, I would I would say like the passion, that's the word you looking for, you know what I'm saying? artistry and just like your heart and motherfucking you feel me it's not enough people in, in general doing that because you can be from the streets or not from the streets and shit put your heart in that shit and you can hear the music you know what i'm saying by example like mozzie Lil dirt you know what i'm saying them niggas from the slums too you feel me but they don't evolve their music they pass it was in that shit some niggas that stay street some niggas that stay rap niggas you know what i'm saying but you feel yeah, me? Yeah, that's bro. the it's the passion that I that you I think you talking about. I ain't talking you about can that. Hear that I ain't. Song. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I wasn't even talking about that though. I was just talking about. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter what you can. Hey, you can be any race, age, color. It don't matter. Nigga, you can still be solid. Ain't that fucking hard? All right. So, uh, who you been listening to lately? Like, what side of the streets to you? Shit, payroll. Mm, Peasy, I fuck with Dirt. I fuck with um, I fuck with Cole, for real. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I fucked with him for like twenty ten. So, um, for real though, I ain't gonna lie. I listen to mostly my label music, my music. You know, but do you go, beats or artistry? Do you find like these other people? Do you do you look out for different music and be like, oh, this? I used to. I stopped looking out for for music. Like, I honestly don't need to hear another song to That's, to fucking make. You know what I'm saying? To make it. No, I that, feel. You feel me? I never feel hundred percent what you're talking about, bro. Like, yeah, be yeah. nice to listen to a lot of music. But it's like I'm, I'm kind of good with the yeah, music. Yeah. I, like, in my life now. Yeah, like, I hey, I fuck around it. Last year, I uh, I focused on. Actually tapping back in with the music, see what the scene about, but and then I um I kinda picked out what I like, but shit, I don't you know, I hear something, but for the most part, 
I ain't I don't be focused on hearing nothing else. Oh yeah, I mean um I keep so it domestic. Was it anybody that you would like to collab with? Um like I said from the city or outside the city? Um that I like to collab with or I would collab with? Yeah. Shit. I fuck with uh I collab with payroll. Mm. Sada going crazy. I fuck with Sada. I was I was a uh, wanted to fuck with MC J R at one point. Um, Peasy, you know. Uh, hmm. In the city, shit, that's it, dog. Yeah. I can't even think of nothing off the top, but most of the time I ain't branched out yet. You feel me? So if you got a young artist that reaches out to you and like, hey, you know what, I'm a, I'm a fan, um, I would like to work with you, what would you say to that artist? Shit, I ain't gonna lie. Um, I don't say nothing to nobody for real, you know, but if a kid came up and had the opportunity to say that, you know, I don't know how serious I'd take it. It depend on the day. It depend on what's going on in the setting, but... I would definitely appreciate that because if I ain't at that level yet, I'd never know what I'd do in that situation. So it's not really like I can speak on it, but who knows what I got on my disposal, who, how I might react at the time, if you, or what's going on. All right, what about outside of music, bro? Like, what else, what else do you get into, man? What else you about? That's it. Music and money. <laughs> music and money. If, if it ain't money, it's music. If it ain't music, it's money. <laughs> Preferably both. You feel me? But that's it. Uh, where you want this to, that shit simple. Where you want the music to take you, bro? How far? How high? What is it? Is there anything you ever pictured? Like, I had a boy. I don't, I don't have... Hey, no feelings like Wayne say. Oh. Shit. I don't ever look at no... You know what I'm saying? No limit. You feel me? But, uh... I really just want to get in the position to go as fucking hard as I can, you feel me? And see where that shit go, because I know I'm fucking savage, you feel me? <laughs> so, that's what I'm on. That's what's about to happen right now. Right. So, niggas about to witness that shit. <laughs> you got any, uh... <laughs> when you got some tapes dropping, bro? Shit. Verve out right now, EP. I got I Am Verve about to come. Real song. We're gonna tap in with that. So I want uh, one of my favorite uh, tracks that you sent to me was the, the was the science one. So can you give? You, like, I got this shit down to a science. Yeah, Hell yeah. Explain, explain that to me because I, I was listening to it in the gym today. I'm like, yeah, I, I fuck with this. Hell yeah, that shit. Most that shit came on the spot though. I ain't gonna lie. Most of my shit was like a one take ideas. You know what I'm saying? But that was a little while ago I made that one. But it was just I just be speaking what's real for me. You know what I'm saying? That shit. I was in my bag. I was in my duffy. You feel me? But shit, that's what that was. Yeah, you had um, Overdue, too. That was, uh, mm. like you said, you sent that. That was the last track you sent me. And like I said, I was finished up the workout. And uh, like I said, the, the bars are there, man. Like the, the bars my are God. there. The beats. The beat is there. My God. Um, definitely a lot. Like you said, from people I've heard from the city, this is definitely top-notch material you. that you're putting out right now. So Thank you. What more do you feel like you can do to get your name out there to get to make your platform bigger? Shit, really. 
just do what I do on a daily basis except for publicize shit. Mm-hmm. You feel me? We know what they say, what ain't um, documented or whatever they be talking about, social media, whatever you don't post or whoop, whoop. didn't happen, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, on a daily basis, I'm constantly, my grind and my everyday shit is next level. So, honestly, I feel like it wouldn't be a much change except for, like, visual exposure, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, people actually witnessing this shit, you know what I'm saying? It's just daily shit. But I think to answer it in a non-personal way, I mean, I got to obviously, you know, perform more and um, really just show what I got under wraps, for real. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to just let all that shit out. I got too much under wraps. So. And what do you got to say to the people waiting on your next project to drop? Hey, you ain't gonna have, once that one drop, you ain't gonna have to wait for no more. <laughs> they all dropping from for, for forever right now, man. I'm just be gonna I'm just gonna keep going, keep vibing. You feel me? Keep vibing, motherfucking, motherfucking fireball, bro. Oh, what's verb? Is that what you looking at? What is verb? Yeah. What is verb? What is verb? Yeah. Because you are, you tight. You just said, I, I am verb. Verb is like a lit. You know what I'm saying? You Google the definition of verb. It's a vigor and enthusiasm, you know, shit like that. Just, but I kind of made my own definition. Okay. Bond it. And it's just like a lit, energetic ass vibe that, it, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Get vigor, your ass up. Vigor and spirit. It's or a wavelength. It's a wavelength. It's a type of energy. You feel me? But it's me for sure. On a daily, should I get up and motherfucking, you know, take off? You feel me? That's what I be on. So shit. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I looked up a lot of words. This one got probably the most synonyms I've ever seen in my life. Hey, it's whatever you want it's it to not be. That common, I think that's why. Dynamic. Like, I will say, for as long as I've known this nigga, that's a pretty good definition of how he kind of carries up. Big Irving. Yeah. Good looking. Good looking. Um. So what, what do you got to say to people who are listening right now? Want to check you out? Well, give them a little elevator pitch. Vino Banks, follow me on Instagram, V-I-N-O underscore Banks. Same thing on YouTube, SoundCloud, Twitter, all of that. Vino Beats, type it in on YouTube, SoundCloud, Twitter, uh, you, all of that, all of that. But shit, tap in, feel me, and just watch the show. That's how I'm on, feel me. Yeah. And feel it with me, verve right with me, you know what I'm saying? What's the game plan right now? You know, I can't tell you. I can't tell you that, bro. People don't know this is long standing to make, and we kind of talked about you being on here Hell for a while. Yeah. Hell yeah! And now we gotta have you back, bro. Yeah. You know, once you come Hell on, you yeah. gotta come back. It's like the rules. Hell yeah! Shit. Hey, you know they say you've been humble too long. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm all about. Like you said, you know, I know you kind of took a step back from the social media stuff, and it kind of to me just seemed like you was masterminding everything. Like you shit. That's good. what it looked like. My bad. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I thought you was perfecting your hey, career. But don't you ever feel like you need a break? Like, sometimes you feel like you need a break. Shit, I don't really fuck with niggas. So right. I personally just don't Interact fuck with right. it anyway. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What I do is what I do. But, you know, I'm trying to get more involved. Yeah. So I mean, it ain't, it ain't, it, I don't take breaks. and You know, they don't be that. It just be, I be living my shit. And I be like, oh, yeah, I got social media. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got to upload this. I mean, right now, it's so pivotal. 
Like this as a platform. This is like like we. It's important for sure. We a show, and like if I don't tweet for like two days, it's kind of like fucked up because it's like. Now I'm Man. tweeting for something bigger than me. Now I'm tweeting yeah, for not yeah, just yeah, myself. Yeah, 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 about to know. Yeah, about to know. I gotta tweet for you know the people that's listening or just what I'm thinking about. You know what I'm saying? Just to just to let people know I'm still around and stuff. So it, yeah, it's so yeah, key yeah. right now. That it's Man, hard. And so, it's free. It'd be, like, it be irritating motherfucker act like they see a ghost when they see me, dog. A motherfucker, yeah, a motherfucking um. Eventually, that's what you gonna want, though, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, that shit crazy. I'm like, I'm alive, shit. <laughs> just don't forget, man. Well, if you get back into it, and then just don't don't lose yourself in it. Because a lot of niggas lose yeah, themselves in the social media, and they become like, I don't know. That ain't my worry at all. That ain't my worry at all, shit. Shit, it would be if that's what I chose to put my <laughs> value into, you feel me? Like a lot of motherfuckers put value, they value into it's social likes. media. And if they don't got that shit, they'll fucking have a they breakdown. Be you know what I'm saying? They yeah, have fucking shit. anxiety too. Hell yeah, we live real life around this motherfucker. Yeah, at least we try our best to, man. That's yeah, probably the one, the only. That's one of the more central things about the show is we. A lot of people come on here. We all mm-hmm. kind of feel out this new social media thing because mm-hmm. it can get out of hand real quick. Yeah. And a lot of people attacking in so many different ways. You, yeah. You, yeah. If people probably act like they don't even know who some people like, I'm pretty sure y'all know a dude on social media. Like, that's not even how he is in real life. Like. I seen him two days ago. He wasn't like that. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Still broke. He just on Instagram acting like he's not broke. Silly as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, be trying hard as fuck. Yeah, like, oh, come on, nah. Hell yeah. um, That'd be the worst. Got anything else? Yeah, I got a a few. So we're going to do like a real quick little rapid fire. Um, When did you sell your first beat? 2016. Mm. All right, now, would you ever teach someone production? I have taught somebody yeah, production. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple people, but hell yeah, if I ever like had the time, I would for sure. My little cousin right now getting getting taught it early. He like ten, but he been on my head so. <laughs> well, okay. So, what is the weirdest request you re- you receive from a client? I was at, no, my boy from U of M had tapped in with me and told me his classmate needed a beat for like a, a presentation, like a video game type beat. So, shit, he tapped in that day and he told me just make a video game beat and I did my, I did that bitch. <laughs> he sent, he sent, the, he sent the cheese and I'm like, I'm like, easy. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was it was different for sure, but it, I pulled it up. You can make us an intro beat. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. hell yeah. Whenever you get the free time, bro. Like, All right, <laughs> shit, type, that bitch would be wet. <laughs> so like a lot of artists, they got their stadium that they like. You know, Jay Z got Madison Square Garden. I guess Eminem got like four field. What is the the stadium that you want to perform in? That you just want to rock? That you want? I th- I think about the world. You feel me? Think, okay, what's the world stadium you want to? I always thought about the world, bro. <laughs> I don't. It don't be not specific. I be. Just, some, some, we on some global shit. Okay. Know? So I ain't really too much with the imagining more do, yeah. you know, because you can get lost in the sauce like that. So. Would you ever want to go to Coachella? Shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they pin, hell yeah. Shit. What about Roller Law? Shit, if they rolling cheese <laughs> this way, you feel me? 
That's it. Yeah, cause just listen to your music. I, I hear like that festival style. Yeah, like that for sure. South by Southwest. It's that energy. Yeah, it's that energy. Have you thought yeah. about going down South by Southwest? Yeah, I, 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 um, I know a handful of people that. Yeah, bro. You know, I'm, that I, I'm definitely gonna tap in. Should, bro. Matter of fact, I'm gonna tap in ASAP. So whenever the next. Cause I think. Home. It should be coming up, or it might have just passed. Yeah, it just passed. Let me, just let me passed. yeah. Sure, so twenty, let me do twenty twenty with it. Y'all yeah. gonna see me twenty twenty. Yeah. My boy, he went down there. He like rented a van, and they all drove down and got an Airbnb, like a Sprinter van. Drove uh-huh. down. He said he had a blast. Came back. He performed a couple songs. Had his had his CD out. Do you still pass out CDs? Nah. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. Nah, yeah. You hear me? I ain't fucking with it. Would you like? Would you go print out a whole bunch of blanks and just be like, "Here I go, man." I wouldn't. You know, if it was like a birthday gift, like we got you your CDs, <laughs> we all about to pass them out. I'd be like, "Bet." You know what I'm saying? But I'm not. I'm not gonna do it that way. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with it. Well, I think that's it. That's, that's it. Exactly. For the most part, man, we didn't cover a lot of stuff. It seemed like you, you kind of got the right mindset right now. Like I said, it seemed like you about to tack. And you just ready. Hell yeah. Shout out Real Hustle, man. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jerry Parker, my nigga Maestro. We got a uh, shout out Buck. Shout out to uh, my hood, you feel me? Fofo. Shit, we about to get this shit going though, you feel me? Sound good. So we going to get a, a music video? Like, uh, I seen like, you know, I subscribe to the YouTube. I already know. So, <laughs> you gonna, I'm about to release them. You know, they on the flow. Did we get like a secret, like which track or you, you came with? Sure. Like, no. All of them. All of them. <laughs> all video. of them. Okay. All of them. All of them. All of them. If, need a, if you ever need a video, my boy Dev, you do some pretty solid videos. Dev Instagram. Right, on right. Instagram. <laughs> right. um, that's pretty much it, though, man. I really appreciate you coming right, through. Like I said, this is a long time coming, man. Good cards. Oh, man. Thanks, <laughs> dog. Yeah, I'm gonna leave a couple in there. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. I need to make. We need some business cards. We need business cards. You just put that on our mental checklist. Get the business cards. But uh, thanks, bro. You've been you, you know you've been down with us for a long time, bro. Since yeah, day yeah, one. And so we really appreciate you coming. We really appreciate bro coming, bro, because you came through with some good. Shout out kilos. Y'all gotta come through again, Shout man. Geez, hell yeah. Anytime. Y'all can come through anytime. Just hit up, hit us up. You know we we'll let y'all come through. Then next time we Shout talk about sports, you got who you think win the finals, bro? Shout out. For kilo, you gotta answer that. I know you all. I know y'all music and, and money. Fucking my nigga billionaire Jaws D Neil. Shout out y'all boys. Hey, you gotta tell them about this. Hey, who you think won the finals, bro? Golden State. I don't want, I'm tired of now. They like the <laughs> you like a Brown fan right now. <laughs> 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 you got me fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the furthest nigga from that. Hell no. Man. All right, man. Shit. I give it to either the. Go ahead and say it, bro. You fighting it right now. You know what you want to say. I give it to Kawhi now. All right, Kawhi now. That's that's I like that. Yeah, I I fuck with Kawhi. We gonna talk about that more later, dog. But yeah, fuck yeah. Shout out to Kawhi (laughs) now. All right, Vin, Vince. All right, my baby. I'll take it easy, man. Thanks for coming through, man. Good job, man. Yeah. Do that way. Do that thing again, bro. One more time. So that was our interview with Vino. Uh, great guest, great dude. Him and his boy, it was amazing. It was cool. He was vibing and shit. Verving. We was verving. Verve. He was verving. Big word. Um, and now we're going to continue with our summer movie project, dog. We watched Bull Durham. Uh, be nice has not got a chance to watch it yet. Durham. So he'll watch it in a minute. Lando, what did you think of Bull Durham? I thought it was a very great, a, a good story. Um, very funny. Had his moments. 
and it showed life in the minor leagues right. and how you can be somebody um, like Kevin Costner uh, character who've been in the minor leagues for about 12 years like you said you kind of like a professional and then you get around these goofballs man and you gotta try to bring these guys up and then you got like the you got like the groupie women who who, who trying to find like the next guy yeah. and shit like that so it was um it was great man it was very entertaining yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was super entertaining too. I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. I'm just like, whatever. I thought it was going to be one of the traditional baseball movies, but it just it started off silly, and it ended off being like just a real silly movie all the way through. And uh, made in 1982. Yeah, I think I thought 88, 88, 88 or something yeah. like that. So it was old movie, but it's. I mean, it holds up pretty strong, and it was it was pretty dope all around. Like I I enjoyed it. We sit on the couch. It was funny. I was able to laugh, and it. It captures sport in a in a very unique way. I think that's kind of one of the cool things you can do with baseball movies, probably versus every other sport. Is that baseball got like a baseball has a lot of people that play. Um, it's a lot of one on ones within it though, like pitcher and catcher, pitcher and batter, pitcher and coach, coach and hitter. It's like it's a lot of different things you can do with that, but it's a lot of people that you can have like a big cast, big ensembles. And still cover a whole bunch of other stuff because they do a lot of road tripping, a lot of just it's a lot of downtown. Yeah, it's a lot. Exactly, it's a lot of like niggas think to themselves, all types of stuff in baseball. I feel like it's it's hard to capture all that in different movies, but in baseball because it's a lot of stopping action and just revolving shit that can happen. That it makes a cool little sports movie. Um, that's not gonna move our scores. So, Lando, you gave this movie an eighty out of hundred. Yeah, I gave it 80 of them. I gave it a 78, so we're going to go down the list. Um, actual sports slash realism, what'd you give it? I gave it an 8. Ooh. Yeah, like I said, I had, I had 8 to run the board, but yeah, I gave it an 8. You gave it an 8? Yeah, I, I thought definitely with the Kevin Costner character, like knowing playing baseball and knowing some baseball, you do get superstitious. You do kind of read like the pitches that's coming. Um, definitely playing a catcher. You are giving signaling the pitcher what to do, and if the pitcher does not listen to you, all right, fuck it. <laughs> you know, hey, he's doing the fastball. So I, I did think, like I said, the one on one because they only really show pitcher catcher. Mm. They did a good job. With that. Yeah, I gave I gave it a nine. I felt like it was it was realistic portrayal of minor league baseball. Like it wasn't super major league or nothing like that. So everything was kind of cool in the aspect. And uh, I mean, it just it was baseball. It for sure looked like baseball. Uh, it sounded like baseball. Even got like you know like minor league extra niggas into it. It kind of you know what it really reminded me of, like even the city itself. It kind of reminded me of like uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah. How like uh, Odessa yeah, just really cares about. We can do a Friday Night Lights next week. Okay, or we can do two next week. Let's three thousand and Friday Night Lights. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, uh, it just kind of reminded me of that, like how Odessa, how they care about football. This city just care about their minor league baseball. I think team. that that's that's you know I haven't watched it obviously, but that's realistic because I know like the mud hands is huge in Toledo. So like what you see with minor league, normally they pinpoint cities that don't have a major sport. Yeah. So it's and they just give them a lot centered around in the city to where people actually do care about this. Yeah, exactly. And then like North Carolina is really like a basketball state anyway, like a college basketball yeah. state. Oh, so it's like. Have to see like Durham that just led minor league Bulls team. It's just like whatever. That's cool. Um, storyline slash underdog. Lado, what'd you get? I, I I gave it out a nine. I gave it a nine because the storyline was good and definitely everybody on the minor league is an underdog. Yeah, like you said. So that was just like the perfect from the manager all the way to the, to the last player on the team. So yeah. Well, I gave that an eight. Just pretty much the same way I felt. Uh. The dude was an underdog. He kind of, I mean, uh, the Kevin Costner character, he really was an underdog. The pitcher, who was Tim Robbins' character, he was kind of like, 
he was the man, but he just had to overcome. And um, this kind of impacted the, the later score of villain slash opponent, but they never really went against nobody. Right, right. So it was never like, uh, it was not never too much for them to overcome. It was more just them having to overcome themselves. Right. And uh, that kind of like, I mean, that just impacted that score to make it like an eight. So it wasn't really super crazy like that. Um, on the field slash on the court play, would you give it? Um, like I said, I gave him like an eight. Yeah. yeah, I gave it a seven. So it's about the same. And like I said, it was baseball. It wasn't like a lot of double plays, but it was like in the minor leagues, you probably don't see a bunch of double plays. No, you probably no. only see like home runs and strikeouts. Yeah, strikeouts. So that pretty much was going on. He was he used to end games like eighteen walks, eighteen strikeouts. Yeah, that was the first game. <laughs> so it was like he had shit like that, but they never really showed too many, and they never showed too many other players, right? Except for like that one scene, which was pretty solid. Um. Acting slash humor, I gave it a ten. Yeah, I gave it a ten too. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty hilarious for especially an older movie. Uh, they had like a square Christian baseball player. Uh, a lot of most of those was just scrubs. Probably never gonna make it to the major yeah, like leagues. The Dominican, you know, guy who you know. I think that was a show. good era too for that type of film. No, oh, it was man, like perfect. the buddy sports kind of film. Yeah, where I think that was they had that as a lock on Jones. Yeah. You saw the major league, and there was a couple other like basketball movies that came out at that time. Yeah, I wanted to watch Major League. Yeah. Probably yeah, watched watch that, that too. Yeah. But it was like Kevin, even Kevin, Kevin Costner was kind of funny, yeah. and everybody did their good acting. Nobody acted like a dickhead. So I like the the um, unnecessary roughness. You know, they had a couple of football movies as well in that yeah. era. Like I said, that that was a good time for that type of you know scenery yeah. where it was a more serious actual plot going on. But they they messed in well with real life humor. Um, all right, number five was inspirational. Inspiration. What'd you give it? I gave it a nine. You gave it a nine. Yeah. You thought it was real inspirational? I thought it was, man. Definitely. Um, like I said, me myself being the underdog. Like definitely with Kevin Costner. Are like, you self-proclaimed it, underdog? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Right, I thought you. Was, what's your record for tackles? Don't you got a record that you yeah, broke? Yeah, I do. Not underdog. Right? Still, man, well, nobody, nobody else look at it. Uh, like that. Were you, you four years varsity? Yeah, but I mean, well, I played Powell, you know, the ninth grade. Okay. It was three years you know, varsity. Yeah, that's much of an underdog. That is, though, compared to like the big schools and shit like that. I is, think Lando. Us being shorter dudes, yeah, we don't really expect That's a complex, bro. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's like they don't really expect you to do. But you kind of got to prove more. Like, yeah. I don't got to tackle a whole bunch of niggas. Yeah, they I mean, they probably more. wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't yeah. respect them. Yeah. Um. But no, I thought it was inspiration because like Kevin Costner, like he should be proud of his his home run record, no matter what. And you could tell he was embarrassed by it. Oh, until he played like, twelve years. Yeah, because he played twelve years until he finally hit the last one. It was like you know what, this ain't that bad. And then definitely for the pitcher to be pitching all over the place. And to finally get his shit together and get put up to the majors, you know. I thought that was inspirational. Uh, I gave it a six. It wasn't super inspirational so to he me. He never made it to the majors. Who? Okay, he did. He said he played 21 days in the majors. Yeah, he played 21 days. And so like, he's the only person that had major And, like, when, uh, when the pitcher went up to major leagues, he kind of, like, he was drunk. Then, like, he explained it to him, like, you know, I just missed a couple balls. If I would have caught a ground, if I hit a gra- couple more grounders, a couple more, I would have boosted my score from a uh, 25 average to a th- uh, 300. And I would have been good. And it's like, see, it's like... He still think about that shit a lot when it comes to like just don't fuck this up. He really wanted to get that through. Like, listen, you only, you probably only get one shot at this, man. Yeah, don't fuck sure. it up. So he, you know, he uh, going to the majors, going to the show as they called it, which I, I appreciate the terminology and shit. It, it it meant a lot to him, um, but it never really it didn't like inspire me to really do nothing more. You know what I'm saying? Like it was good, and 
it wasn't bad inspiration for sure. Because, I mean, like, towards the end of it, like you say, all right, I'm going to start coaching, you know? So it's like, it kind of gave you inspiration in that aspect where maybe I can start doing more exactly after baseball. Like, yeah, I couldn't get to the major league. I could get as a manager. Even with the pitcher, like, he went up there and he, he said the same exact script yeah. that, that he gave him. So you could tell, like, okay, this started to grow. Um, number six, adversity. What'd you give it? He gave it an eight because, like, the pitcher at the beginning didn't want to listen to him. Like, man, who is this guy? He's been in the minors for 12 years and <laughs> shit like that. What the hell he know? And all that type of shit. So, yeah, he had to build through that, and he wanted to fight him and shit like that. So, And then they, you know, they grew with it. I gave it a, a seven. I thought it was more personal adversity. Than every, like, every player had to go through their own personal adversity. Like, this one dude got cut because he was he didn't hit a – his last 16 at-bats, yeah. Damn. He got – he ain't hit – at his last 16 at-bats, he didn't hit not one. So he just like I'm begging for a hit. It's niggas that do that in the, in the majors. Yeah, but it's di- like they, it's a different it's game a different in the show. In the minors, if you can't hit like these, like they was he was trying to explain that to the pitcher, like what you throwing? You throwing all fast? They gonna knock that shit out of here. You gotta be able to cut throw a cutter. You gotta be able to curve it. You gotta be able to do something else than just throw fast. You got a million dollar arm, but if you can't do nothing with it, then you trash. And like that's the thing, if he can't hit against these niggas, then you gotta go, bro. I mean, they, I mean, they send you to Triple A then at that point. Yeah, like, they still got leagues for you, but you can't play minor. Oh, so this was Double A. Yeah, this was Double A. Yeah, this like this whatever one right before the major. So okay. it's like it was right there, but it wasn't really. It wasn't too much. Like I said, they didn't have an opponent, so it wasn't no adversity. It was more just inter inter conflict with themselves. Like oh shit, I gotta I gotta be better than I was yesterday. Or the pitcher, he gotta live up to his draft pick. He was picked high. They already paid them a million dollar signing bonus. They got a lot invested in you. You better learn how to pitch. You know what I'm saying? So all that stuff was pretty con. That was that was cool, but it wasn't super adversity for me to give it like nothing higher. Uh, number seven, the romance slash bromance. Lando, what'd you give it? I give it a nine. Like, I like the romance with the with the women, um, and I like the bromance they get when they lit the. Uh, Turn on the, the water and shit like that on mm-hmm. the field, and you can start seeing they come start to come together, start winning some games, winning a winning streak and shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely a lot of camaraderie. I ended, I gave it a ten just because I like the way they they kind of they mesh together. Once he really started listening to Kevin Cosner, the pitcher, start listening to his, to his catcher, you can see everybody on the team started fucking with each other. They start winning games, start hanging out. It was one play where they took like a timeout, a personal timeout. Like everybody's on the field talking to each other and they talking about uh his eyelids, his clothes, and he can't really his chakra, he can't really get through and another dude like, yeah, you know, our player he just got married and they like, What do we get him for his way? So it's like they start just talking about regular shit on the field. They just like, well, what are we talking about? Like, what are y'all doing up here? Like, well, we got to try to figure out what we getting up for his wedding. And his eyelid don't open up right now. And he got to cut off a chicken head to get his glove from being cursed. There's like a lot of shit like that going on where it's like they wouldn't have that at the beginning. That's not like they the could. same shit from Major League. They was cutting chicken heads or something. Somebody doing voodoo yeah, in Major League. Yeah, That's pretty much the same. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was and I, I like that. That was silly. And that kind of showed their uh, friendship. Um, number eight, compelling hero slash life, life lesson. I know what you give it. I gave it a nine. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. I gave it a ten. I feel like the heroes. Kevin Costner did a good job. Tim Robbins did a good job. Yeah, he deserved Crash an Oscar. Crash and Nuke. He probably did deserve Oscar for that, though. I think they just, they were good characters to be behind. Because, like, you almost put yourself in both their shoes and just try to get through with both of them. So that was cool. Um, number nine, the look slash build of the actors. Linda. I gave it an eight. Like you said, they they definitely had the the baseball baseball look, even from like the um like I said from the other players, and like I said they were smoking cigarettes and drinking. Like that's how a baseball clubhouse is. So mm. yeah, I gave it an eight also because I mean they minor league, 
so they kind of get away with more shit where it's like a nigga kind of fat, sloppy. But I just didn't see enough other niggas that was major league. You know what I'm saying? Like other niggas that came down or could go to the main. Like a nigga like Tim Tebow, he still be swole, even though he suck. You know, I didn't see enough swole niggas, but it was enough niggas that I was like, I guess he could be a pitcher. I guess he could be a first baseman. I guess he hit, whatever. Sure. Um, and then number 10, good villain slash opponents. What'd you give it? Uh, that one, that's that's the only one I could didn't mark because, like I said, it wasn't really no villain stuff. So that that's what brought down my score. Yeah, I, but, yeah, I brought it to a three. Yeah. It was a three because it's just they, they didn't play nobody. Like They really didn't have no rival. It really wasn't no big game. Didn't come to no championship. It just was, all right, now you bumped up to the majors. And it's like, all right, well, I'm not. <laughs> so that was about it. And they had foot ruckers. Maybe that was their big. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, like I said, it was a 78 for me. It's probably the highest ranked movie so far, so. I will say, I, I would rather, like, if I had to choose between the two, I would rather watch The Waterboy over this just because The Waterboy funnier. But this was a better, like, sports movie. Mm. Yeah. yeah, man. That's what we're trying to get down to, man. That's the nitty gritty. That's the, that's the project right there, dog. It's a good one. So, it's on rank high end. We only got two ranked next week. Mr. 3000 or Friday Night Lights. We can do both. We're going to do both. All right, cool. Well, all right, y'all. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Special shout out to Vino Beats for coming through, man. Up, man. Uh, we verving. Check out I Am Verve. It's coming at you soon on SoundCloud or Instagram. Follow him on Instagram at Vino Beats and everything, man. Uh, don't forget to like the podcast, retweet the link when you see it, favorite it, all types of stuff, man. Just give a shout out. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate all of it, all the love, and have a good day, man. Peace out. <laughs>